Now as we continue our build up to Sunday's All-Ireland semi-final between Kilkenny and Clare I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on the line by Kilkenny manager Derek Ling Derek thanks for joining me today how are you first of all? Uh, good thanks Robbie Derek um, All-Ireland semi-finals they're huge games maybe bigger games in, in the sense that you don't want to lose them but four weeks to build up to it are the panel excited and are you excited as a manager to lead Kilkenny into one? Yeah of course we are um, we've had We've had a good run in there. We've had four weeks since the Lancer final and lots of good work um, has been done. And at this stage, you know, it's just about looking forward to it and, and uh, you know, it's coming fast now. So um, everybody, part of the, the squad and the management are, uh, yeah, excited by it. It's our biggest game of the year. And it has been four weeks since you last played a course in that Leinster final against Galway. How do you as a manager utilise that break? Well, look, I mean, uh, I suppose in between the break, you're just looking to improve on things and, and sharpen up on lots of things. Um, obviously, you know, we got a chance to go to the quarterfinals as well, have a look at the opposition. and But really, it's about ourselves and just trying to better ourselves in, in all areas and all facets of the game, really. That doesn't change. And um, so, look, the competition has been really good. Training has gone really well. We've been, you know, the... In terms of what we're looking for from the players, it's been outstanding in terms of attitude, their application to everything. Um, and I suppose the challenge now is, you know, bringing that into into the match on Sunday. We know we have a huge test. Um, so outside of Limerick, we're arguably playing the the form team of the championship so far. So it's going to be a huge test for the panel. But look, that's that's what you that's what you get when you get to a semi final, and you know that's a that's a big challenge for us. And it's yeah, it's one to be excited about and look forward to. And you mentioned there the opposition, of course, are clear. It's a repeat of last year's semi-final. I know you weren't involved then, but do you take anything from that game at all, or can you look back that far? Well, look, I mean, you're looking at you look at everything. You look, obviously you look back in last year's game, and you look at all this year's game. But really, for us, it doesn't count for anything. I mean, the team performed really well last year, and you know the challenge is uh, can we can we get up to that level and even surpass that again this year? And I think that's what's going to be required. Um, I think Clare have improved and I think um, we'll need to improve as well. That's that's the reality. And um, But look, I suppose as you don't know what you're going to get on the day, so it's about trying to you know bring forward the, the, the form that lads have shown in training and bring that into a game situation. And I mentioned you weren't maybe involved with the senior side last year, but of course you were involved in an All-Ireland semi-final with the under-20 team that you successfully won as a player. You won a lot of All-Ireland semi-finals to say the least we've spoken to a lot of players maybe that you would have played with and against during the week and they said they're tough games because you, you do want to be involved in the showpiece event and you, you don't want to lose a semi-final is that the sort of feeling that you have before an All-Ireland semi-final that you just the fear of losing maybe outweighs the joy of winning yeah I mean that fear of losing is there but I don't think you can get caught up in it too much either I think it's about it's about it's another game at at the end of it all, when the whistle blows, like it's about performing the the skills under intense pressure, and you know, being able to do that and uh, stick to a team plan and play to your potential, and you know, all the all those things come into play, and you know, the consequences of not doing it, obviously, you don't win the game, you know, and regardless of you know what you know the what stage of the championship you're in, that's you know that's always going to be the consequence. So for us. It's not. Look, it's not something that's on the forefront of my mind. To be honest, it's about you know um, 
being ready mentally and physically now for this game it's going to take a huge uh, huge effort from everybody it's going to be a panel effort again and um, but look that's you know that's there in front of us now and um, you know we just have to go and take it on and just to go back four weeks if you don't mind Derek because it's the first time I've been speaking to you since then um, that Leinster final win irrespective of what happens for the remainder of the season it'll be etched in Kilkenny supporters memories for years to come it must have meant an awful lot to you as a manager but also just that way of winning it, it must have been a great joy and sense of satisfaction after the Leinster win oh look for sure like, I mean that's what sport's all about and you enjoy those moments um, but for me it's, about, it's just about the way we won it and we just never give up the fight and, and, you know, it probably looked like had the game had gone away from us and I think it just, for me, it just emphasised uh, the importance of the panel and the character of the fellas that are involved in our panel, you know, um, Kenny Buckley's, Parry Welch as well, Walter these fellas, um, they came on and made a huge contribution along with others, so that's what it's all about and that's, you know, that's where I suppose the satisfaction comes from, really. And, um, and we're going to need that again this weekend. That's, uh, that's uh, the reality of it. Derek Ling, thanks ever so much for speaking to me today and best wishes with the game on Sunday. Thanks a million, Robbie. Welcome back to Scoreline. Now I'm joined by the legend himself that is Mr PJ Ryan. PJ, how are you, sir? Uh, good chance. Thanks for the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be taking up too much of your time anyway. But PJ, right, right. massive uh, game. Two games. You have Limerick versus Galway. You have Kilkenny versus Clare. I suppose as someone who's participated in these games, what's the feeling like in the belly of a player that just before they're coming into it? Ah, sure, look, I suppose it's a mixture of everything. Exciting, a few nerves. You know, you're not too bad in the week leading up to it, but different story in the morning when you wake up and I suppose when you're nervous like that you're, you're kind of ready for the game you know you'd be, if you weren't nervous you'd be in a, in a bit of bother you know but uh, look sir, I suppose it's nervous excitement you'll be looking forward to the game and can't wait for you know, to get going and to be over and, and, and all at one time you know but uh, yeah definitely a bit of excitement and instructors a, a great prize for the winner at, at the end of the at the end of the match you know yeah, the the promise of an All Ireland final is not in something to be shaked at. In, in terms of say the teams that have been named, we've recently seen uh, the likes of Eamon Foodie kind of get dropped in goal after his performance against Tipperary. You have Ever Quinlan now coming into it again. Do Do you think there's a lot of pressure on him? And then on vice versa, how would Eamon Foodie be feeling now after the way the championship's gone for him? Yeah, well, look, in fairness to Ever Quilligan there, he, he he played the last couple of years in goal, you know, and it was a surprise, actually, that he didn't start against Tipperary the first day out. And, uh, look, he's he's after coming back into the team and he's after acquitting himself very well, you know. He's after having a, a, a great championship so far. So, look, he he won't be... No, he's, he played so well the last day, his confidence is up. I'd say it will be up sky high. So, I, you know, Sunday won't, won't... He won't fear Sunday at all, you know. As for the other... The, the keeper that was dropped I suppose he'd be a bit low alright but look he has to be ready too because you know if an injury or anything he could be in after the first minute you know so look he'll be disappointed that, that he got dropped but again he'll have to get over that and get ready to go Sunday if, if needed PJ they always say that being a goalkeeper in any sport but particularly hurling is the most pressurising position and obviously we're getting to the stage of the season now where the games are becoming more pressurising in themselves do you feel that specifically as a goalkeeper or can you not let thoughts like that enter your head ahead of a game of such magnitude? Ah, no, you wouldn't be thinking like that. I suppose everyone in the field is under pressure. 
and it's just I suppose if you're, you're in goal if you make a mistake it's highlighted more than any, anyone else you know but uh, you know, if you let those negative thoughts get in your head you might just stay at home and, and, and not talk out at all you know so you have to just keep positive all the time and look sure whatever happens in the game happens and people make mistakes and sometimes the goalkeepers are, are the heroes and sometimes they're the, the villains you know and when you're playing in that position you have to you, you kind of expect that and that comes with the territory you know so anyone that plays in goal I suppose doesn't mind to take the responsibility on and, and just go with it We've seen Tony Kelly charge down uh, the Dublin goal net and get you know put up a, a massive score on the on the scoreboard. When you see someone like Tony Kelly in goal, he's getting all that space. Like, what kind of direction are you giving to the players, or are you having a mental battle in your head trying to decide what he's going to do with the ball? Uh, sure. Look, Tony Kelly is a special hurler, and you know he can do special things uh, as, as we've seen the last number of years. But uh, like, I suppose Sunday after after last year, and Mikey Butler doing such a great job. And Tony Kelly, I'm sure he'll probably have uh, Mikey Butler for company again uh, this Sunday. You know, so well, from Mikey's point of view, if he can limit, and from Kenny's point of view, if they can limit Tony Kelly's uh, influence on the game, I suppose it'll go a long way towards deciding who'll win. Uh, but if he gets on a roll, of course, uh, he, he could be in trouble because he's capable of scoring three, you know, three or four, two or three goals and, and maybe ten points at the times. You know, so. I suppose it will be a key battle or whatever way can you go about it but I suppose it worked so well last year uh, they may revisit it again this year and, and, and see what Mikey, how Mikey can go on him again There's a lot of talk in the modern game about the importance of puck outs PJ what would you like to see Owen Murphy do from his puck outs and how would you like to see Kilkenny counteract Clare's puck outs? Ah, sure look there's an awful lot of emphasis on puck outs at the moment I suppose you have you know you could have the ball 30 times in your, in your hand during the game so you can dictate the play um, yeah sure look sure all depends like it depends if you're <coughs> we have very good half forward line now that, that can win their own ball so you know Owen can drive it long and as we've seen this year now the way Kenny or Hurland are very comfortable on the ball so he can, he can do both he can go long and short doesn't really matter so well, if we're winning it long I'd keep going long so why wouldn't you but if we weren't like he has the options of going short as well and the Kenny are gone very good at playing it through the line so we have loads of options on the ball and like I want to know better than anyone else or better than me for that matter what to do like he's playing the game so um, you know it'd be no bother to own PJ just before we let you go what way do you see it going uh, in both games do you see your your old teammate Henry Shefflin getting one over Limerick who a lot of people are saying are quite fragile in comparison to last year's and alternatively what way do you see it going between Kilkenny and Clare yeah well look we have a big interest in both games I suppose just for the fact that there's Kilkenny man involved with Galway and the fact that Kilkenny will be playing the winners but uh, I look at I think Galway will, will definitely give a good account of themselves uh, I just saw the Limerick team there before with Toronto yeah, and uh, you know I know Declan Hannon is missing but you have Groot Hegarty and Kyle Hayes now playing on the half back line that's a, a formidable wall for anyone to go through the lads that brought in up front then with Peter Casey like they're they're, they're brilliant hurlers as well so uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be a close game but I think Limerick will have had the time now you know it's a good time of a team when they're not playing well but they're still getting the results you know so I think they'll be pushed to the end of the collar again Sunday but or Saturday evening but I think I think they'll just about come out on top now it wouldn't surprise me if Galway beat them they're improving all the time with some lovely hurlers but I just feel Limerick are, are you know that bit stronger than Galway at the minute uh, Kilkenny game I'm very confident that, that Kilkenny will get the result 
Kilkenny were very good last year. I think they've improved an awful lot again this year. Uh, have Clare improved since last year? I'm not so sure. So I would be very, very confident in, in a Kilkenny win. I think Kilkenny will win and I think Limerick will just about shade it over Galway. PJ, thanks very much for being so generous with your time. I really appreciate it. We're looking forward to some cracking games. Are you going up to it yourself? I'm not. I can't go Sunday, Shane. I'm, I'm, I'm working, so I'll be keeping a, a, a near out or an eye out for the scores, how they're going. Lovely. PJ, thanks very much. I appreciate it. The legend himself, Mr. PJ Ryan, all-star, all-Ireland, you name it, he's got it. Lots more still to come here on Scoreline, don't go anywhere. Now I'm delighted to say I am joined on the line by Clare hurling legend James O'Connor to look ahead to this weekend's All-Ireland semi-finals with a specific focus, of course, on Kilkenny's match against Clare this Sunday. Jamesy, thanks ever so much for joining me on the show today. How are you? Good, Robbie. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, that's my first question, I suppose. Is there excitement in Clare ahead of this one from the county and also on a personal level for your for yourself, Jamesy? Are you looking forward to this one or is there an element of trepidation ahead of any All-Ireland semi-final? Well, I think, you know, unlike uh, you down in Kilkenny, we, we don't get there very often. Um, <laughs> so, so look, at I, I think, look at the, in fairness to Brian and the team, they've um, they've given us a great summer so far. Um, obviously, the, the disappointments that haven't got the, the Munster final um, and having the chances that we didn't take them, so you know, I think certainly, you know, there was there was um, real disappointment leaving leaving the Gaelic grounds that um, that Sunday. But uh, that said, I don't think it's taken anything like the same physical or emotional toll out of the out of the players. And you know, clearly they they bounced back pretty well. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago against Dublin, did the job. Um, you know, got got over that relatively untroubled. Um, and certainly, I think look, at, we're, we're we're hoping we're going to give a much better account of ourselves than we did than we did last year. But at the same time, I think hurling people in the county know that look, this is going to be a huge ask. Um, it was one seventeen to six points at halftime last year. Um, you know, we're facing like any team that's showed the Leinster final um, the same resolve, the same you know willingness to to to, to battle it out to the bitter death and and, and got their reward obviously against Galway. So look, it's going to be tough, and um, but Ireland semi-finals aren't easy and. Um, you know, look at it. It's, it's you got to perform on the day, and we didn't last year. We're certainly hoping we'll we'll do so on Sunday. Both teams are coming in under very similar circumstances as to what they did last year in terms of Kilkenny winning a close Leinster final, Clare unfortunately for them losing out in a very tight Munster final. The one key difference, I suppose, is Clare's performance in a quarter final in comparison to last year against Wexford. It was quite a bit stronger in the Gaelic grounds two weeks ago against Dublin. Do you feel as though that could be key? for your own county ahead of this game the fact that they're coming in off the back of a very strong performance yeah well I think last year you know Limerick were without Keane Lynch and Peter Casey and I think Brian and the players felt that look, they were they were never going to get a better chance um, to beat Limerick and obviously put everything into the game and you know look it was a very tough physical hard hitting match and then you know you have extra time um, and the circumstances in which we you know even Tony Kelly the last second line ball to take it extra time and then obviously to come up short you know, the, the players were just exhausted after it, and I think um, you know, really disappointed, and and felt that maybe the chance had the chance had passed, and we just simply didn't recover. And obviously, you know, I suppose they look at there were niggly injuries, and John Conlon was a, a massive blow to lose him. He's such an important player, and you know, the Wexford match. Then you know, we had to go very deep into the well again, uh, and, and the reserves, I suppose, were you know depleted further heading to Kenya. We just didn't seem to have anything in the in the tank. So I think. You know, this year I think the players haven't beaten Limerick 
um, you know, had more confidence going into the Munster final and, and even then had the chances and, and, and didn't take them. So I don't think, you know, that, that game against Limerick took anything like the same physical or emotional toll as it said on the players as last year's did. And I think the energy levels are much are much higher. And I think there's probably a little bit more belief in the squad that look at, they're right there with Limerick, they can beat them, they've done so already. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to be there, thereabouts. But that counts for nothing if you don't turn up on, on Sunday. And we didn't last year at the same stage. And, that was a desperately disappointing end to the year, and um, you know, given there were so many, so many positives. So I'd imagine that you know that there's a good deal more confidence in the camp this year. Um, you know, they're in a better place. You know, I don't think they're under any illusions as to how tough it's going to it's going to be. But certainly, yeah, you're you're dead right. We we head into it in a much better place, given that we played well against Dublin. You know, we we created goal chances. You know, we look sharp up front. There was certainly more energy about it. Um, now, obviously. There's still injury clouds hanging over the, the team, and, and you know we're not going to know as you know whether we're going to have a full hand to pick them until Brian names the team probably the weekend. But certainly, you know overall, I, I would say we're in a much better place than we were a year ago. And it's interesting that you bring up those injuries because a lot of people, of course, would know you from your Claire Hurland days, but also from your time on Sky Sports and particularly the tactical analysis that you did there. Is there anything you'll be looking out for if you were to look at it objectively, which I'm sure is tough as a Claire man, but if you were to just look at the game on its merits that you would pinpoint ahead of this one? I should look at this. There's loads of things, um, Robbie. I mean, like Mikey Butler did such a good job on, on Tony Kelly last year. You're, you're pretty much assuming that you know, he'll he'll tag him. Um, you know, that's just one matchup and you know, if Tony starts to send it forward, does he start maybe even further out the field? Will will he start on the edge of the square? Do can he then move Hugh Lawler from the edge of the square? So there's so many that's just one I think of of an awful lot of um, you know, matchups that both managers are, are, are going to be trying to get right on the uh, on the day. I mean obviously T J um, you know, may have lost a step. He's maybe not the T J but he he couldn't expect to be the T J of his late twenties or you know, even five or six years ago. So, but he's still a massively important player for Kenny, and he still, you know, is involved in big plays. He makes such good decisions on the ball. He gets into great positions. So, again, you know, you, you, you've got a man mark him, but certainly in the Leinster final, I mean, he dragged the road McInerney way out the field, and, and, and that created the opportunities in the space, obviously for, you know, for Walter, for, um, you know, even Mikey Butler's goal. Um, you know, there was space to run into. So. You know, Claire obviously have to have to account for him. Um, Owen Cody is in great form. You know, Galway put Park Mannion back on him to try to, to, to curb him. You know, Claire again, you'd imagine have to have to factor in finding a way to stop him. So, I, I just think it's really those individual battles um, as much as anything else. I mean, I think Claire last year got away from what they've been doing well. You know, they went route one. They had a lot of direct long ball um, into the Kenny full back line, and it was just gobbled up by you know Hugh Lawler and Tommy Walsh and, and, and Butler inside. So that was. You know, baffling from a clear perspective, um, you know, to see he's doing that and get, getting away from maybe the running and the working through the lines, which had maybe served as well in Munster. So I, I think Claire will certainly learn a lot from last year's game, um, you know, but, but I think we're in better form. And I think we've, you know, Mac Rogers, you know, I think has arrived as a really good scorer and forward. Um, you know, he's a good player. Aidan McCarthy is available, although he's, he's had a quad injury, didn't play the last day against Dublin. So I'm not sure whether he's going to be fully right or available. Um, and obviously for us, Conor Cleary on the edge of the square has to be, again, a massive doubt. There's still question marks over John Conlon. David McInerney, again, had an injury, didn't play against Dublin. So we're going to need all those guys available at the weekend, and, and I wouldn't be certain that we're, we're going to have them. But tactically, I, I just think we've, we've, we've got to get the matchups right, and we've got to try to find a way to, to get Tony Kelly in particular involved early, and get him rolling, and, and if he can fire and go well, well, it obviously improves our chances. 
that was, that's was that's where I was going to go to next in terms of Tony Kelly. If most people that have a basic knowledge about hurling will always pinpoint Tony Kelly from a clear perspective. Is it too simplistic to say that if Kilkenny stopped Tony Kelly, they stopped Clare, or is he really the heart of this Clare attack? Well, I think he's he's a bit like look at DJ and Henry back in the day for for you guys and TJ to to to, to I suppose in the modern game that when he, when he goes well. Or when he gets a score or a goal, it's it's often worth more than the three points that go up on the on the scoreboard. Um, look at he's he's clearly been I suppose our talisman or our our go to guy up front. Um, and certainly the form he's been in over the last three or four years, he's he's been outstanding for us. But I'd like to think now that you know Shane O'Donnell is in good form. Peter Duggan is up there working very hard. Obviously, Mark Rogers I think is 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 a class player. Um, you know, David Reedy came on having missed most of the summer with a hamstring injury so hopefully he's going to be an option now for, for Brian that Dean Galvin has come off the bench so I, I'd like to think that look at we have firepower up front um, but you know I know better than anybody that you know every score you get against Kenny you learn it and we can't be dependent on Tony to have won those days you, you know he's going to be tightly marked he's going to be you know, earmarked for special attention from from Kilkenny. So other guys are certainly going to have to put their shoulder to the wheel and and, um, and contribute on the scoreboard. But I'd like to think that we have the players and the forwards up front to do so. You mentioned three players there: Connor Cleary, David McInerney, and John Conlon. A lot of people in this side of the country around Kilkenny have been saying that the key for a victory for Derek Ling's team will be to get quick ball into the full forward line and actually go for goal quite early. Maybe something we've seen in years gone by in hurling. Would you be worried about that at all as a Clare man? I would, big time, yeah. I'm worried about the aerial threat that Kilkenny pose. Um I mean listen to like obviously Cleary is, is a big man and he's you know, he's he's been our first choice full back for the last five or six years and he's you know, I think he's played every minute in the league. He's he's obviously you know, played every championship match. Um, you know, obviously outside of the ones he's missed since he since he got injured, he's a massively important player for us. He's a leader. He's, you know, he's a strong physical presence. And, you know, we don't have an obvious replacement for him. And certainly, I I, I would be worried about you know TJ's ability in the air, Wally's ability in the air. Obviously, if he if he pitches in there at some point, and I think look at Kilkenny will, Kilkenny will look to go direct and look to to, to hurt us because we we don't have huge height. You know, in that full back line, um, you know, Rory Hayes is, is an exceptionally big man. Shane Amory, you know, Paul Flanagan, um, whoever Brian decides to go with there, even Keen Nolan, who played against Galan at the, the Munster final. None of those guys, again, are guys that are, I would say, you know, six feet four and, and, and dominant in the air. So that's certainly a concern. And you know, I, I, I feel that yeah, look at we're we're, we're going to probably face an aerial bombardment, and Kenny, you know, have been a bit more direct, I think, at times this year, and they've got their rewards. So. Um, it's a concern, yeah, and certainly, you know, I'd imagine our full-back line are going to have to play well, and whether or not they hold up, we go a long way towards deciding the outcome. What have you made of Kilkenny's in their first year under Derek Ling? Again, obviously, I mean, the league final, I wouldn't have read a whole lot into, um, and I think, you know, the key thing from, from their perspective was they parked I think they took the learnings from it and moved on very, very quickly, and that's, that's I think, you know, testament to this Derek's you know, experience as a player and obviously been involved with Brian and obviously the people he's got involved with him, like Michael Rice, Peter Barry, you know, these guys are guys with massive big end experience. So look I I don't think they dwelt on it and you have to say that um, you know, even the game against um Galway and Nolan Park, I mean, you know, I, I watched that game. Um, you know, 
I, I was wondering at half time how were Kilkenny ahead or a point ahead given the times it looked like Galway were hurling were hurling off the field but that's that's that innate ability Kilkenny have just to stay in the game keep the scoreboard ticking over finding a way to, to stay in the fight and, and obviously Galway were the ones um, you know searching and, and, and getting the lady equaliser at the, at the end so that was a game that could have been won um, I think the Wexford match you know, Wexford's lives were on the line. They were obviously playing for their their survival, um, and they've always found a way to to, to put it up to you. And you won the team, won those teams. I think that Kenny just find just find hard to beat. There's that local rivalry aspect to it as well, a bit like ourselves and Limerick. So, you know, again, I suppose I was I was surprised that maybe you, you know you didn't win that game. I expect you to win that game, but there were injuries as well, and you lost players during it. So. Again, I, I think for, for Kilkenny's perspective and, and Galway's to a lesser extent, it was always about the Leinster final. I mean, you know, it looked from a long way out. I suppose Kilkenny, or when Dublin drew it, drew it Antrim and then beat Wexford, that it was going to be a Galway-Kilkenny final. And that was the date. And from then on, um, a bit like Kerry in Dublin, the football, that you had to be kind of, you know, getting yourselves really ready for and peaking for and having all your players available. So the Leinster final, I mean, again, obviously Galway got the fast start. Um, but I mean, you know, you reeled them back in one fourteen without reply, um, and even at the end when Galway, you know, you were eight points up, coasting, and looked at the game in hand. Um, Galway, in fairness to them, found a way to, to 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 get ahead. But at the end, I mean, we saw all those Kilkenny attributes and values that Cody has has prided himself on over the years, and they're still there. And it was credit to Killian Buckley. I mean, it was some a bit of luck, I suppose, maybe to get the opportunity. But fair play to him. He he, he had to finish it, and he'd work to do, and he did that. And I suppose um, you know you got your rewards for for staying in the fight, and and Galway had opportunities to clear their lines, and you just simply didn't allow them to do so. And so I I think look at Kilkenny in a good place. I think they're exactly where they want to be without having their best stuff played yet. Um, Derek and Peter and the lads will be hoping that that's that's ahead of them. So I don't think anybody in clears under any illusions as to how tough it's going to be at the at the weekend. Um, you know Kilkenny have guys in form. Obviously, you know I'm sure. Adrian Mullen, Mikey Carey, you know, Richard Reid, those guys that weren't available for the Leinster final, you'd be hoping that some, if not all of those guys back. And that's going to make for, for formidable opponents from, from a clear perspective. And you mentioned Brian Cody a couple of times there. He obviously is the legendary figure, if not in hurling generally, certainly in Kilkenny hurling. Are you surprised as somebody looking in from outside the county at how seamless the transition seems to have been from Brian Cody into Derek Ling, it doesn't seem like he has cast a long shadow as many people would have expected. Not at all. I mean, again, listen, I, I imagine the, the majority of the backroom team are still there. You know, the strength and conditioning guys, the you know, the the, the hurling coaches. Um, you know, and I'd imagine like very little has changed because you know, if, it, if it's not broken, why, why why fix it? And you know, Derek, Peter, you know, Michael, all those guys, kind of all those guys, you know, played under Brian. They they know what success looks like. They know what Kilkenny's values are, and 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 why would you, why would you you know want to get away from them? Um, so I'd imagine, look at it, it's essentially the same panel. Obviously Tom Thielen, Timmy Clifford, you know Billy Drennan, you know those guys have come in and added a bit of fresh impetus. But Brian would have been bringing those guys in anyway. I'd imagine, you know. So I, I'm not surprised at all. Um, you know Derek is a guy that's look at it as a player was, you know a guy who was hugely respected. Um, you know honest, hard, you know genuine. You know, put the team first. Um, you know, all the things. Just look at that. That, that Brian never looked for any Kenny player. Derek King bought them, as did Peter Barry and, and, and Michael Rice. So, I'm not surprised at all that the, the, the transition has been has been seamless. And these guys are, look at they they, they want that. I'll earn a medal. Um, and they know how close they were last year. 
Um, I mean, to get to the level they got to last year was phenomenal, um, and they were right there with, with, with Limerick, you know, in, in the last five minutes. And it took some performance from Limerick to, 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 to beat Kilkenny, so they know they're not far away. And uh, I, I, as I said, I, they're, they're exactly where they where they want to be, where Brian would want them to be at this stage of the season. And you know, I, I keep saying it, it, it's going to be a huge challenge and a huge task for us at the weekend to take uh, to take Kilkenny down. And one, I think that we're under no illusions as to how tough it's going to be. And I'm conscious that I'm asking a pro Clare man, and of course a former Kilkenny hurler this question, or a Clare hurler rather, this question. But how do you see the game going on Sunday? Yeah, well, I, t- I think look at you know if if we bring our best stuff, we have a chance. Um, you know, but it's going to take a performance akin to what we brought in the Gaelic grounds that night. We, we we took Limerick down where you know there's a ferocious work rate, ferocious intensity from from start to finish. I mean, Kilkenny will bring that, and we have to we have to match it, but. You know, we have to be far more efficient than we were in in the Munster final. Um, you know, like I think we had twenty opportunities. We we twelve wides. We dropped seven balls short. You know, into Nicky Quay. We we were often five and long range frees. You know, they're the type of things that you simply can't afford to do in that Ireland semi final. And and we did them last year. You know, we had eleven wides on the border at half time. I think we dropped two into Owen Murphy. Um, you know, we're going to be a lot more efficient than we than we were. Um, and we were outscored, I think, one eight to a point in that second quarter and the game just simply got away from it. So look at I think we, as I said, if we're efficient and if we get big performances out of our big players up front, um, I give us a chance. But I still think um they can get your favours deservedly so and much as I hate to say it, <laughs> say it um <laughs> if, if I'm asked to, if I'm asked to put the house on it, um I, I think I'd still have to say Kikenny are likely to win. Good stuff. We'll have you back on, Jamesy. <laughs> Limerick and Galway as well, of course, Saturday evening, 6 o'clock throwing for that one. Maybe not as much talk about that game as there is Kilkenny and Clare, um, but how do you see it going? It's another highly anticipated one, I suppose. It is, and again, look, we'll go back to last year, they were, they were level after 66 minutes. Um, Galway had the chances to win it at the end. They didn't take them. Limerick had the opportunities and did, and that's, that's what decided it. So I think if you look at Limerick, are they better than last year? Probably not, in the sense that Sean Finn obviously is, is gone for the season. He's a massive loss. They won't have Declan, Declan Hannan at the weekend. We know how important he is to them. And Keen Lynch, you know, again, major question marks as to where, where his injury is at and where, whether he'll play or not. Um, and yes, you know, you've got to give them massive credit that they, they, they've shown huge resilience um, and they, they keep finding a way to get it done. And, like, you know, Paul Kinnerk is is a genius in terms of, you know, Getting the matchups, getting the game plan right, um, making those in-game adjustments, and you know Galway obviously, you know, you know bounced back really well against Hip. You know they had a plan. Henry was got absolutely spot on tactically, but if they do the same thing against Limerick, you'd imagine Kinnerk will, will will be ready for it. So, look, I I don't think there's going to be anything in Robbie. I I give Galway a great chance. I think Limerick has really had to go deep into the well, and at some point in the season, you know, you just imagine that that the bucket is going to come up empty now. As I said, until someone beats them, they're still carrying that favourites tag. Um, but I think Galway, you know, again, if they can, if they can hold Galan, and I think, you know, probably Dahi Burke is the person best equipped to, to man mark him. And again, if they're more efficient than they were last year, if they if they take those opportunities that they didn't take, particularly at the end, um, I, I just have a sneak and feeling that Galway might have enough to get to get over the line. But I don't say with any confidence. And like Limerick, Limerick are still Limerick. They're the Ireland champions. They're going for four in a row, um, and they still have a huge amount of experience, know-how, a really, really solid defence. They're not conceding goals, and again, if they don't concede a goal at the weekend, they're, they're not going to be far away. And I, I, I don't see this as being, you know, in any way one-sided. Robbie, I, I think there'll be very, very little between them, and maybe, just maybe, Galway. 
my sneakers. That's an interesting take, a take on that game. And, and somebody that you mentioned, I just wanted to pick him up there, um, Paul Knurk. He's somebody that was involved with the All-Ireland winning team in 2013 for Clare and obviously has been at the heart of Limerick's recent success. If you're within hurling circles, his name comes up a lot. For, but for people like myself and a lot of people listening in that wouldn't be, what is it that he does, Jamesy, and why is it of such a high standard? Look, I... I I just think, look, he's he's innovative. He's he's um, he just sees things maybe through a different lens to the rest of us. Um, brilliant coach, brilliant tactically, um, and I mean, you know, to get the team playing the way Limerick have played over the last number of years, that's that's all down to, to, to Paul. And as look at the coaching and you know the way he's the way he's gone about it. And I think, you know, you look at Limerick, um, you know, all those areas of weakness that might have been there, he's identified them, he's corrected them. Um, you know, they've gone from being a team that maybe mightn't have been you know, great in the air to being everybody as good if not better than Kilkenny now. I mean you look at Dimmer Burns and these guys, they're 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 obviously, you know, brilliant area, they can compete with any team in the country. You look at maybe a couple of years ago they weren't scoring goals, that was addressed, that was corrected. Um, you know, that earned a final twenty one against Cork, every one of those Limerick finishes hit the deck, hit the ground. You know, so I, I just think it's just incremental improvement year on year and as I said, he's just a fantastic coach. He's just so innovative, creative um, you know, so sharp in terms of his analysis, in terms of, you know, I'd say not a second wasted on the training pitch and getting the team, as I said, to play the way he wants them to play and getting them to buy into it and getting and, and achieving that every day they grow. So, look, at the, there's massive, obviously, belief and self-belief in that Limerick side as well. And, and you know, Canerk is obviously just at the at, at the heart of it all. And John Kiley and Limerick are blessed to have his his services available. And, um, you know, we saw, obviously, he was involved with the minors in 20s, uh, 21s, you know, Tony Kelly and, you know, they lost the minor final to Kilkenny in, in, in 2010. I think Killian Buckley was playing. Um, but Tony Kelly, Dave McInerney, you know, all those guys, Colin Galvin, uh, you know, were on the pitch. And obviously he was involved with those 321 Allardens in a row as well that we won. So, and, and, and as, well, as well as obviously the Allardens in 2013. So, look at his track record speaks for itself. Um, and uh, he is every bit as good as, as, as he's talked up to, he's not better. And we are now at semi-final weekend and then obviously after that two weeks time will be the final and you would presume that hurling will be celebrated now for the next couple of weeks but just generally there's been some criticisms about the style of play implemented by inter-county sides this year and that maybe it's not as easy as on the eye as it once was. What's your take on that and do you feel as though maybe that's an uneducated opinion or an understandable one? Robbie, I, I think it's been an unbelievable hurling championship. Um, I mean, certainly Munster was, we've we've arguably never had a better Munster championship. I mean, okay, the final maybe didn't hit the same heights as, as last year's game did, but last year's Munster final was as good a game as, as any that I've ever been at. And, and uh, you know, again, I remember in Thurless, you know, meeting a couple of the stewards after the game, you know, just before extra time, you know, there was Kilkenny lads, there was a fellow from Offaly, the tip guys, and, and saying, look lads, I, I, I'm biased here. Is that as good as I thought it was? And, and they said, every bit is not better. Um, you know, so you, you look at the games this year, um, certainly the Munster Championship was, I mean, you know, with, with, with some fantastic matches. Um, and I think you look at the Leinster final that, 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 that Galway and Kilkenny played, crack a match, end-to-end stuff. I think there's, there's probably been more goals scored um, in the Championship this year than, you know, than, than previous years. That was an issue that we were we were talking about that, you know, Goals weren't being scored. That's certainly not the case. Uh, not the case this season. I think the skill level, if anything, is higher than it's ever been. Certainly, the strength and conditioning has gone to a different level. Yes, there are aspects of it maybe that, you know, 
maybe the amount of rocks at times in the ground and maybe the distance the ball is travelling, maybe fellas travelling and maybe into their own half-back line to hit freeze and it's taken... There's little things like that that I think maybe, you know, um, maybe don't don't necessarily add to the game. But by and large, I, I think it's in a great place. As I said, I, I think we've had a really great hurling season um, and I'm hoping for two semi-finals in the final that will continue that trend. And, and I think we, I think we'll get two games at the weekend that hopefully will entertain us and keep us on the edge of our seats, and we can't ask for any more. That is exactly it. Fingers crossed that they are two great games. James O'Connor, thanks for joining me on the show today, and of course, do enjoy those games at the weekend. Cheers, Robbie. Back to scoreline. It is myself and Shane O'Keefe joined Robbie Dowling, and now we're joined with eight-time All Ireland winner, two-time All Star, Mister Owen Larkin. Owen, how are you keeping, sir? Good, Shane, and you? Great. It's big weekend uh, from the hurling and indeed the Camogie perspective as well. Kilkenny going up against Clare tomorrow. You have Limerick versus Galway today. I say you're excited as a hurling fan, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a cracking, cracking weekend. Uh. The uh, as you said, the Camogie and, and the Northern as well. So it's very low key in, in Kenny at the moment. But um, look, we're, we're looking forward to it. Hopefully, we can get over the line and get to another Ireland final. Do you, do you think it's low key? Because it's something that uh, Don Lucuzak also highlighted in terms of, say, a bit of a blackout in regards to players and managers talking with the media from all the different counties participating in it. In terms of yourself, when you were on the intercounty structure, was that in place then as well, or did you have a bit more freedom talking to people? Yeah, well, I suppose Martin Fogarty used to look after the media duties and he'd let Trevor know to, to go off and, and do the media thing. But, yeah, look, I don't know. Our management just being wary now of the media and don't want to let any secrets away. But um, certainly, like this weekend, leading up to the to the game, there hasn't been much about it. You know, talk around the town is very quiet. Um, but look, I suppose they're trying to concentrate on the one thing that they, they can they can do is and that's the game and they want to get to an all Ireland final so I, I presume they're just trying to do what's best for the team I suppose and talking about your inter-county career like in 2006 you kind of that was your first All-Ireland medal. You scored two points against Clare in the semi-final beforehand. How different was the Clare team, say, all the way back in 2006? Because we've only met each other once in the semi-final since then, of course, and that was last year. Yeah, it's, uh, I suppose it's a totally different team, but look, Hurland has moved on as well. Um, you know, with um, the Shark game has come in and um, and all that kind of stuff. So it, was, it was a different game back then, but Clare were always a tough opponent. You know, they were always very very well built men you know really tough um, you know and even like if you go back to Brian Lowen's time as a full back you know you'd be kind of wary about going back going into the square when he was in there but <laughs> look they, they probably have that as well in Conor Cleary if he's fit to play you know he missed the last day um, but if he's fit to play he, he's kind of a Brian Lowen type player as well and hopefully we get to see John Condon as well at centre back he got that back in the last day as well so look they're, they're you know, they don't change Slayer, I suppose. They're really hard, really well-skilled hurlers. Um, and they're, they're, they've been flying it over the last couple of years. I know they were beaten in the, in the Munster final um, against uh, Limerick. But look, this Limerick team is, is a phenomenal team. But you know, Clare will be a huge challenge for Kilkenny again. Owen, just in terms of the opposition, of course, they are Clare. And 
we've spoken to former Kilkenny players that would have played with you during your time during that great Kilkenny team and they mentioned maybe certain counties you'd feel as though you had a mental superiority over compared to others is that correct and are Clare one of those counties when you consider the history that Kilkenny have against Clare they tend to come out on top whenever they meet yeah well that's it I think you know in the last probably 20-25 years I think Clare have only beaten Kilkenny once in a the championship game so that that was um, in 97 I think so look yeah Kilkenny definitely won't be worried about Clare you know they'll have to do their due diligence and all that kind of stuff and respect the opposition but they definitely won't be worried about about Clare going in and especially then you know after the performance they had last year against them albeit Clare were poor on the day now the other side to that is that you know Clare will probably want to right the wrongs of last year and try and hope a better performance Um. You know, Clare have a bit to prove as well. I think, um, you know, especially with the Munster final, they probably should have beaten Limerick. You know, the free that probably wasn't a free, but even before that, they had probably four or five chances, 40, 50 yards out in front of the goal and missed the ball, and you know, ended up being beaten. So they've probably, you know, they probably have two points to prove. You know, one that they can get over over the line in the tight game, and and the second one being they didn't they didn't really perform against Kenny last year. So. Um, they're a dangerous opposition, obviously, and Kilkenny will just have to be wary about that. Uh, much has been made on that game last year with Mikey Butler's man-marking ability on Tony Kelly, effectively taking him out of the game, seeing him claim the young player of the year. And a lot of talk has been surrounding Tony Kelly. Obviously, the space that he received against Dublin, one would think that Derek Ling wouldn't allow that to happen, but... You know, himself is a danger man, but Mark Rogers, he has four goals, 17 points already this season as well. Aidan McCarthy is putting up points from freeze as well. So where are the big battles? Is it the just nullifying Tony Kelly and that's where Kilkenny are going to succeed? Yeah, well, probably last year, I suppose, Tony Kelly was the go-to man for Clare. Um, you know, and, and the rest of the lads probably weren't firing as, as well as they could. Whereas this year is different, I think. Tony Kelly obviously is having a great year, but so is Shane O'Donnell and Rogers. Peter Dublin is having a good year as well so like I do expect Mikey Butler to pick up Tony Kelly again because he done such a good job on him last year but now you have the added the added pressure I suppose of of, of the rest of the lads that are you know hitting a bit of farm and playing well and that kind of stuff and uh, I see there this morning Shane O'Donnell is, is named to start full full forward I don't expect him to start full forward because obviously he'll be man-marked by Hugh Lawler so I, I'd expect Peter Dublin maybe to win full forward and leave Shane O'Donnell to work off the brakes um, but but like you know Hugh, Hugh Lawler and Peter Dublin is going to be a fascinating battle as well because Peter is really really good in the air he's, he's great skill he's able to move all that kind of stuff um, and look there's going to be fascinating battles all over the field you know if Conor, if Conor Cleary is not playing you know I'd, I'd chance TJ in, in on the edge of the square as well and try and get much ball into as possible he could be get a couple of early goals uh, and then likewise you know if John Conlon is not playing there's, 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 I think Clare has a few injury doubts as well going into the game he be, he'll be a big loss to Clare as well you know in this day and age I suppose you need all your big players on the field you know for all Ireland semi-finals and all Ireland finals and, and Clare, will be, Clare and Kenny will be hoping that they can get the, the strongest team uh, possible out just in relation to the point you made about TJ Reid going in on the edge of the square for Kilkenny Owen, like 
Kilkenny have been very goal heavy in the last two games against Wexford and Galway maybe not so much in the previous rounds in the Leinster round Robin whereas in comparison Clare have hit the back of the net in every single game in this year's championship do you think the route to victory for Kilkenny is to get quick early ball into the full forward line and try and hit the back of the net two or three times maybe in the first half if at all possible you know that's difficult and something that maybe the teams you're involved in would have done and try and stop Clare having goal scoring opportunities at the other end yeah, well, definitely. I think that's that, you know, if we could get a couple of early goals, it might ju- just kick Kenny out of it. Because in recent games, you know, we've we've built up leads and we've let leads slip. And you know, I suppose when you go back to the team I was on, if we if we got ahead at all, you know, there was no coming back. We just we just killed off the game. And that's one of the things I think Derek Ling will be trying to instill instill in the Kenny players that if we get a lead on Clare, you know, that we can't let back into the match and we just close up shop. Um, and if we can get a couple of early goals, that that'd be a great kind of base to, to move forward and into the second half with. Um, and at the other end, then just close it out. And you know, if, if they want to tap over a couple of points, you know, so be it. Just don't give a goal away. Um, I think that's what that's that's going to be a major thing. I think uh, in the match that we just once we get on top, we just have to put the final nails in the coffin. And you know, I'm sure Derek and Led will be trying to get that into Leds. Um, much has been made about injuries, the likes of Conor Cleary and John Conlon. They have been named at full and centre-back respectively, but we know these teams can change. Uh, Adrian Mullen, people fretting over if he's going to make an appearance, if not now, ahead of the All-Ireland final, and then quite possibly as well, Mossy Keown, who has five goals already in the championship. When you're going into a game, say, without the likes of Adrian Mullen, who is relied upon in midfield, if you're playing a game like the 2010 All-Ireland Henry Shefflin you know there was a lot of worry about his injury I know he ended up playing but as a team when you're going in without one of your strongest players does that put a seed of doubt in your mind Owen? Yeah I think it does it's probably just put that small little seed of doubt and probably knocks, knocks your confidence the small bit you know you always want to win to a game with everybody fully fit now look you don't always get that but I think those are the type of obstacles that you know great teams get over uh, and, and they just come on with the job and you know one lad is injured so another lad just steps in and does the job and you know if you have if you have confidence in everybody in the panel it, it, it's a big help um, now look as you said Kenny and Clare have their injury troubles going into going into the match but I, from what I'm hearing Adrian Mullen has a, has a hurl back in camp that he'll be ready to to play in the game play some part in the game you know, we'll have to wait and see, but hopefully he'll certainly be an addition to Kenny. And looking ahead there, Owen, if we're looking at the Limerick and, and Galway game as well, which is happening today, Keane Lynch has been named. Uh, I know Declan Hannan, the skipper, is going to be absent himself. Uh, Kyle Hayes has uh, been picked as centre-back. Roy Hegarty had left half-back. You know, a lot of things have been made about Limerick and their ascendancy but other people seem to be alluding to the fact that they probably look more fragile now than they ever had and this is a chance or an opportunity for a team not named Limerick to win in All-Ireland would you echo those sentiments or would you disagree? Yeah look I suppose there haven't been you know there haven't been trashing teams as well the way they did in the last couple of years they're only getting over the line by one or two points and I think you know if Galway are going to go over the line they're going to have to have huge belief in themselves because Limerick just seem to be doing enough just to win those tight games and they know how to win it. If you want to come down the home stretch, you know, neck and neck with Limerick, you have to have that belief in the last couple of minutes that you can win the game. And that, that doesn't just come on the day that, 
you know, that has to be got in the weeks beforehand that you you just believe in every single one. You believe that you want to um, be neck and neck with Limerick coming down the whole straight. You believe that you can get the scores to win the game. Um, that being said, look, like I said, Limerick know how to win these tight games. They've done it for the last, you know, probably two or three years. Any tight games they've had, they've come out on top. Um, but look, you know, it's going to be another humdinger of a game. I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, Galway, they're slowly but surely coming into form. And if, if Conor Whelan can have another good day, um, you know, Galway are in with the right show. And Limerick have been quite miserly when it comes to, say, conceding goals as well. I think they only conceded three in the whole championship campaign. On the opposite end, then, you have Westmead, who are, or not Westmead, you have Galway, who scored six against Westmead, who have been probably the most prolific goal scorers in the game as well. Does that game also come down to goals? How do Galway be able to find the back of the net against a team that's, so far, been very hard to get by? Yeah, it's going to be really difficult, I suppose, you know but then again, as you said, Declan Hannan is missing. He's going to be a huge loss. You know, Kyle Hayes has gone in there and um, Garrod Hegarty back wing back. I don't expect Garrod Hegarty to be back wing back, to be fair. I'd, uh, I'd imagine Darrow Donovan or someone will go back there and maybe Keane Lynch in midfield. Um, but look, you know, it, it, like we spoke about the leaders being missing on a day and Declan Hannan is, is, is really a leader for, for Limerick. So is that, going to, is that going to cast some doubt over them and, and maybe... Down the centre might be the might be the route for Galway to get a few goals, which I think they will need. They'll probably need two or three because the likelihood is Limerick will definitely probably get one from Aaron Galan or, or Seamus Fennig in the role good for maybe one or two goals. So I think Galway are probably going to have to outscore Limerick goals wise, you know, to have a chance of winning. And just completely away from these two semi-finals at the weekend on and looking a bit further beyond into the club championship side of things, the story of the pre-season for the Kilkenny Championship, of course, is that your old Kilkenny manager, Brian Cody, will take charge of James Stevens for this season. Um, what do you make of that, first of all, and what will he bring to the club side of things with the village? Uh, yeah, look, we're delighted to have him back. He came back there uh, last year. He came back for the latter rounds of the of the championship as a as a selector with us as well. So Jeremy the winner stepped away then at the end of the year, you know, Brian wanted the job and, and got look it's 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 brilliant to have have a, a man of that calibre over the club team. Um it's brilliant for, for our club, for the young lads coming through. Uh and and the senior players up there as well are delighted to have him. So, you know, he brings he brings all the things he brought to Gilkenny, you know, passion, drive, all that kind of stuff back to the club. Um and it's 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 only great for everyone involved, I think. And you're up with Rathnor now yourself, is it? And now we're at Rathnor in Wexford, yeah. Lovely, enjoying that anyway. Yeah, having a good time. We were beating last, last Saturday, so uh, playing again there this evening. So um, hopefully we can we can match our first win in, in the second round of the championship and kick on from there. Oh, and thanks so much for giving your thoughts. It's always great to listen to you. Best of luck with Rathnor and indeed James Stevens, and we'll all be shouting from Kilkenny anyway from wherever we may be. Are you heading up to the game at least? No, I won't make it up this weekend, Shane, but I'll, I'll definitely be watching. I'll definitely be watching on telly and shouting the lads on from afar. Hopefully they can get to another Ireland final. Oh, an absolute gent. Thanks very much. Cheers, lads. Thanks. Owen Larkin, eight time All Ireland winner with Kilkenny. Love getting to speak with Owen. Lots more still to come here on Scoreline. Don't go anywhere. And get your thoughts in 0833069696. The dinner's ready. E contact line.
Now we've been looking ahead to the All-Ireland semi-final between Kilkenny and Clare all weekend here on Scoreline and to continue our build-up to the big match I'm delighted to say that I'm now joined on the phone line by Clare FM's Derek Lynch. Derek, thanks for joining me today, how are you? Not too bad at all, how are you all up that side? Yeah, looking forward to this game now, I suppose we have a great history in terms of coming out on top in All-Ireland semi-finals, including last year against 2022, against Clare rather, in 2022. Um, from your own perspective in Clare, what's the feeling like ahead of this game? Some scars in recent years in semi-finals. Yeah, I guess last year there was probably a real sense of optimism. I would suggest this year it's more guarded optimism. Probably because of the experience of last year, you know, um, to be fair, I think the lads would have learned a lot from it, though. You know, the, the Munster campaign last year took so much out of them. And it was interesting just during the week reading some quotes from Brian Lohan where he spoke about the emotion that was invested last year compared to maybe a more clinical approach that they took to it this year, which... You know, that shows the learning um, and, and certainly the players even after the Dublin game would have referenced that they didn't feel the reserves were as low in terms of energy at that point than what they may have been after the Wexford game last year. So, you know, maybe it's that old adage of having to, to win one or lose one to win one or whatever way you want to put it. So, um, yeah, certainly I think there's an, there's an optimistic sense around the county, but at the same time, maybe not as overt, shall we say, as it had been 12 months ago, simply because of that experience. And just generally, Derek, in terms of the the feeling within the panel, last year, as I said, I used the word scars of the last couple of years with all Ireland semi-finals. Do you feel as though there's any scars from last year or are they more so bruises that they've overcome? Yeah, I think it's more so, it's learnings, really. You know, there would have been bruised and scarred, I guess, in the aftermath of it, but the reality of inter-county hurling is you can do very little about the ball that's gone now you can influence with the one that's coming down the road and from a care point of view that's Kilkenny again um, you know nobody after the Dublin game referenced the chance to go at Kilkenny again it was more a chance to get back to Crow Park again you know this is a very very ambitious group there's a bit of a turnover from 2013 I think there was only maybe five or six of the lads that played that, that day against Cork that line out on Sunday um, so for, for a lot of them it'll be their first time starting in Crow Park so that's always a target you know if you're heading up the M7 from the west of Ireland it means that there's a big day out so I think that was their target more than anything I don't think this was a, a revenge fueled thing I think it was more a case of maybe the opportunity that they saw last year having just slipped by them you know whether it was stage fright or whether it was just that the tank was empty who knows but I think that's more what they wanted to rectify this year the occasion I think rather than the opponent Derek uh, Shane here in regards to the time off Kilkenny have it's been four weeks and there seems to be this kind of sentiment that oh the rest does play as well however on the other side of things, other people say that you need games to get in. Obviously, Clare are coming back off a, a, a big win over Dublin. Maybe it wasn't the test that you deserve. But having those minutes within the players' legs, do you think that's going to benefit you? Especially considering then the two teams that won the prelim went out in the next round. So what does that say? Could you ask me that question again around five past six on Sunday? <laughs> 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 and I'll have a better answer for you. But it genuinely is that. 
you know, that'll be used maybe in hindsight analysis that if Kilkenny win, oh, should look at the rest did them well, whereas if Clare win, so they were battle-hardened and they got to try a few things against Dublin. So it's very, very hard to know, to be honest. I suppose it's more what you're used to dealing with. Like Kilkenny are used to winning Leinster titles, they're used to dealing with that gap. Clare aren't. So, you know, that that could have posed a bigger problem from a Clare point of view. Now, we'd have loved to win Munster, obviously, but then it was presenting a different challenge in terms of the time off. So it's the road most travelled from a Clare point of view. So I don't think there'll be any major uh, concerns one way or the other. Maybe the Dublin game it was a chance to blow out some of that, you know, to take Jack O'Connor's phrase about the dirty diesel. I think there was a sense of it that night getting game time into a couple of lads and particularly with, you know, John Condon had been doubtful. So on that night, it was a case of um, looking and seeing, right, what what can we do? What can we do now that John's gone to try and maybe fill that gap if, if he's going to be gone the next day? So clearly maybe had a little bit more chances to try things out, which they wouldn't have had if they didn't have the extra game. In terms of Brian Lowen, and his tenure in charge of Clare, it's been widely regarded both within the county and outside of it that it has been successful, but it still lacks that all-important piece of silverware that people in Clare are clamouring for. Obviously, it was another heartbreaking defeat in the Munster final this year that kind of mirrored last year's Munster final defeat. If they were to lose on Sunday, it would be almost the exact same season as it was last year in terms of a Munster final defeat and then an All-Ireland semi-final defeat to Kilkenny. But if they were to win, they would obviously make the All-Iron final. Does it feel like a Brian Lone era defining game on Sunday or is that too big a statement to make? Uh, I would, I, I've seen that thrown around as well by a couple of other pundits and I would vehemently disagree with it. Uh, from the point of view of that, I think Claire Hurling's in a real... I think it's on the cusp of a very, very exciting stage. I mean, this there's no doubt the lads have made progress in the last couple of years, but now the conveyor belt has probably started to, to kick into gear a little bit when you look at the minor win. The under-20 is very, very unlucky not to win the Munster final against a very, very good Cork team. We could have potentially had a minor-20 uh, doubleheader in All-Ireland finals if they had won that night. So there's a lot still to be brought through. Um, and I think, you know, if someone said, if someone was to say to you, a manager is going to be considered unsuccessful after getting to back-to-back Munster finals, back-to-back All-Ireland semi-finals. You know, I don't think that argument stacks up. And particularly when you look at it in the context of this is a generational Limerick team. They're in the province of Clare. Nobody else has got their hands on, on being McCarthy the last couple of years either. So are all those managers unsuccessful? Was Brian Cody unsuccessful the last couple of years by not getting Liam McCarthy? You know, I know, obviously, that's an extreme example given what he had done before. But I'm just using it in the context of do you view success just in terms of silverware or do you view success in changing the roadmap out ahead of you and I think if that's the metric you're looking at it well then I think Brian has been very successful in what he has done uh, Tony Kelly though came out say after the Dublin game and alluded to as he called it deserved criticism of the Clare team particularly after the Munster final and then harping back it's last year's semi-final now that deserved criticism could come from all avenues social media or the media in itself. Would you think that he's referring to the national media more so than the localised media? Claire FM obviously would have a big voice in getting across some sentiment. So was that something that he kind of went into, a bit of criticism in regards to it? 
Yeah, I think criticism is probably a strong word. I'd say kind of more an analysis, really. You know, I think it's very hard to go criticising lads too much, given what they give up at inter-county level. But certainly there would have been a concern within the county in, in terms of the chances that they would have missed. You know, there was a savage amount of wides that day, particularly in the last maybe five minutes. You know, there was a lot of talk about the free that should have been at the end. Nobody questioned that. But like the, the reality is that that should have been a free that put Clare four points up. You know, we had probably wasted the chance to win that game in the four or five chances that had been missed before it. So I think that's more of what Tony was referring to, that the, the chance was there. Like, if you compare it to the Munster final last year, everyone came off the field that day, first of all, soaked to the bone, but secondly, absolutely gutted and drained, whether you were a supporter or a player, because it had taken such a mammoth effort and you were coming out almost punch drunk, saying to yourself, what more do we have to do to beat this Limerick team? Whereas this year, we came out saying, you know, we should have beaten them. And I think that's what the lads were kind of referring to, that the chance was there. They were, they were as good as them. There's no question about that. Just that they didn't take the chances at the vital times. And I think that's more so the thing that was picked up. You'll never question effort. You'll never question commitment or passion. Any of those things, Brian Lohan embodies every one of them. So I think it was just that a supporter feeling and maybe a media feeling that a chance had been let slip. And I think that's what they were kind of referring to in that. Very finally, Derek, from a clear point of view, is there any fear that Kilkenny hold over them regarding last year's result, obviously, in semi-final, but also the fact that maybe Kilkenny have you know a more successful history than Clare, to be frank about it? Or is there a feeling that this Clare side are just going to go at it, hammer and tongs, and see where it ends up? I think they're going to just go out and put last year to bed. I think once the, fo- once the whistle goes last year becomes irrelevant. You know, you talk about missed chances, there was a hat of them last year. I think the squad are in a stronger place this year. Um, John Conlon's name to start, Conor Cleary's name to start, whether they do or not is another story. Uh, John will certainly start. Conor, I would wait till the parade or maybe just after it to answer that particular question. But I think having John back is huge. I think Tony Kelly will certainly not be as quiet this year as he was last year. Um, obviously himself and Mike here are going to have a right old ding-dong and, and that's going to be class to watch, I think. Uh, Mark Rogers is back in form as well. Um, so you know there's, there's a couple more positives this year for, from a clear point of view and I don't think they can allow themselves to think too much on last year I think the first quarter is going to be absolutely crucial if you are going to um, you know that whole muscle memory that they talk about if you want to put that out of your head I think the first 20 minutes is meant to do it uh, that's the period that Kilkenny probably put the shoe down last year and Clare just couldn't lift it off their throat so I think that's what their focus will be get through those first 20 don't concede city goals cut the wide telly down. If Clare get anywhere near to a double-digit wide telly on Sunday, we're not winning. That's as simple as that. Keep that into single digits. Limit Kilkenny to one or less goals. I think that's going to be absolutely crucial. And then we're in with a right chance. I think this is a cracker, lads. And I think that uh, we could all be putting in for overtime perhaps on Sunday evening as well to start us. <laughs> I certainly hope so as well. We're looking forward to it. Derek, thank you, being so, thank you so much for such a busy period to take time out of your day and let us know what's the sentiment down in Cork. I really appreciate that. And may the best team win. No problem at all, lads. Thanks for that. Derek Lynch there from Clare FM. Great getting to hear the thoughts of what's happening down in the Banner County. 0833069696. The dinner's ready.ie contact line if you want to get in touch with myself or Robbie and share any of your opinions. We'd love to hear it. Lots more still to come here on Scoreline.
we're continuing our look ahead to Clare versus Kilkenny always a positive thing to be planning a trip uh, whether you're going by Port Leash or book going by Galway it's all the one you're heading for Dublin and that in itself this time of year is a major positive uh, Pat O'Connor not quite sure what road you're going to take I'd say it'll make nigh on of a difference isn't it mighty two semi-finals back to back that in itself as we said a sign of real progress and consistency with this squad yeah I, I think I think it's um Real sign of consistency, like what you're saying there, it is. Um, I mean, we don't we don't have to go over all the ground again, but to to, to be in the Munster Championship and to be in the last four uh, two years in a row now is an excellent achievement. And uh, John, like what like what you're saying, there's a sign of a really really good squad and really squad uh, squad and management that are pulling together and performing on the big days. And a squad as well that even from their own admittance and by even by Brian's admittance that at this time of year compared to last year may be in a better spot both in terms of personnel and what they have used up out of the fuel tank. Absolutely, like I think, um, I think I think the manager has to be commended on that. I know there's probably a high-profile cases where where he tried players and maybe didn't quite work as well as he would have liked. But I think the bravery that he has shown from the minute he went in there, like. To, to try new things and to try new players it is, it's all resulted in like the deck of cards that he has now where he can he can pick a kind of variety of players in a variety of different positions and of course we have a couple of crucial players that we'd rather not do it out but um, you know the, the way Brian has approached so I, I think particularly the league like um, you know, he hasn't he has never gone out go more in the league and he's given loads of games to lads and uh, you know it's really sent it to him now that it's back away in in Ireland semi-final for second year in a row and, and, and look in good health You'll know this from your time involved in the squad and I've always wondered what it's like that you know the, the mantra always is and we heard Daryl Lohan even use it the last day that it's next man up but from a mental point of view like does it take a little bit of readjusting for players if you're told that you know maybe you're so used to having Conor Cleary at fullback for example suddenly he's not there and okay it's next man up but it's something new then for you to play around within that structure <laughs> It is, I suppose. Like, and uh, I just always thought, like, when there's a couple of positions that you, you probably don't want to be turned in, and number three is probably one of them. Um, you know, there's a, there's a huge relationship, for example, between a goal in his fullback and uh, a fullback in his centre back. Like, you know, they're, they're kind of pillars of the team that you don't ideally want to be moving around. But, you know, it is it is the sign of a really, really good team. And, you know, I, it, I, I suppose it's just attitude, like, it, it is easy to say, like, but to, just to go out and do it and, and have confidence in, in the player that goes out. And it comes from the quality of a setup and the quality of training. And, and if you're seeing this guy is getting through the training and is playing well in the versus B, you know, you're, you have a fair idea that he'll be ready to go on a particular day. And uh, you know, I, can, I can recall one particular time where um, I think it was at a league final and Ushin O'Brien, it was just before we were going doing the parade, cried off. Uh, and Jack Brown came in in his place, like, and there was um, most lads didn't realise. The two lads were behind me, so I didn't even realise that he was playing until we actually lined up beside each other when when the parade was over. And it's, I suppose it's just a sign of of the, the quality of the setup and the quality of a player that you have confidence in, guys. That grand injuries happen, just just get on with it and um, you know put your best foot forward and settle into the game. And I think this team has done that really well. Knowing the character that Jack Brown is, though, he is—he was as liable to stand in for the crack as much as anything else. 
<laughs> As I said, it was all happening in behind me, so I didn't realise until we actually took our position and there was a completely different player to my left hand side as I as as I thought was going to be there. Was, look at the, these games are frantic. You, you, they take on, on life their own, and uh, um, you know it'll be no different now next Sunday. That it'll just be. I suppose the first ten minutes is just about kind of getting. Getting yourself into the game, getting a bit, a bit of structure on the play, and after that you you can play into it, and and, and then personnel and all that can come into it afterwards. But it'll be about getting the ball in your head early and settling into it. And uh, you know, this team has an excellent experience behind it over the last couple of years that they'll they won't be won't be phased by it anyway. I was just going to ask that, like obviously in, in the context of last year's game, is the first quarter just about being settled, staying in the game? Like, you know, after twenty minutes last year, there was probably a sense that it was it was even starting to slip at that point. So, is that just going to be the crystal clear focus those first twenty minutes to make sure that there's no repeat of that? Absolutely. Like, um, I think I think it, last year has been been dissected and discussed in every probably pub and shop and everything over the last couple of years but you know the group itself has, has um, I'm sure has gone and analysed it but the, you know the, we are we we probably were in a similar position last year to when we are this where we're, we're, we thought we were flying it and we thought we were going to take off and go back so I suppose that is something to be conscious of going into next um, next Sunday but I think you know given the display, given the dominance given the Actual form of some of our top individual players. I mean, you'd have you'd have nothing but confidence that um, you know this, this, this match won't certainly won't be slipping away after twenty minutes. And I suppose that's going to be a challenge for management this week as well to use last year in the right way. You know, often and you've seen this as well yourself. That you can get so wrapped up in previous things like that that it, it becomes then the, the new norm for what you're actually facing into so while obviously you'll be saying to players look at go out and exercise those ghosts you don't want to be strangled by them either no no and um, you know to really you know, to be fair I'll shake up in person you know between like you need a lot of injuries too like let's not forget and we have, we have a good few concerns ourselves like so we'll find it'll be um, you know to be relatively I suppose similar age but good, good few changes in personnel and you know in top intercounty county in elite sport he said it's all about um, you know you controlling the controllables that, that, that awful phrase but that's how guys deal with it like as boring and all as it is it's just about if I'm Adam Hogan you all, all, all the circus around it could be first day in Cup Park, first all Ireland semi final, you know, or what are kicking and going to do with him. But all he'll be thinking is about is, you know, picking up what are his characteristics, what's he strong at. And that's, you know, that's how guys get mentally set for games and it'll be the same across the field. And, you know, before you know it, a hurling match will take off. And, and, you know, that's that's where these guys are, are at their utmost comfort comfort like and uh, you know that's that's how they, they'll deal with it and you know that's how it'll probably play out next week yeah, and I suppose as well, like, there's an awful lot of positives to take into it. I suppose a lot of people maybe are wondering how to judge that Dublin performance, scoring the 5.26, whatever it was, and 14 wide. So you're gone to 45, 46 scoring chances in that. Like, is that the positive that you'd look at and say, we're creating those amount of chances, half those wides, and we are going to be in some position here? Yeah, I I think they, they did excellently in converting with what they um, what they made goal wise like, but you know, I thought it was a very obvious tactic and a lot of um, uh, it was very astute uh, tactically that they you know, put Peter inside, Pepper and kind of diagonal balls and lads came off him at runs and then 
you know, you get the sense that when, like Dave Fitzgerald, Cotton Malone get the ball in their hands, Ryan Taylor, that they know that if they get up ahead of Steve, that they won't be caught. And I think was it for Tony's goal or Mark Rogers' goal, like Dave Fitzgerald got a ball and you'd be expecting him to take four steps heat but he just put the head down and left the Dublin defence for dead like you know they're, they're the kind of big plays that, you know we that these guys will come up and we need them to come up with, to kind of stamp our authority in the game and get our, ourselves in the flow and uh, they did that excellently last week and I think they, if they can or um, against Dublin if they think they continue through that like you know we'll find our flow in the game and we'll find you know we'll, we'll start picking off scores and but, you know, the, the, the team will ease into itself and we'll see a much more confident display this time around, I think. And that physicality is probably something that Clare are going to have to lean quite a bit on because obviously Kilkenny are going to bring that bit of brute force, aren't they? They are, like, you know, I heard Brian say it afterwards after the, after the double match, like, when the, when the Kilkenny fixture was confirmed like this. You know, this is the bare minimum that Kilkenny expect every single year. We're delighted to be going to Crow Park two years in a row, but they're must be there twenty years in a row, you know, they're playing there. It's so it's a it's their second home and um, you know, they're so comfortable in there and that's not to be underrated. Like they're they're there seem a very, very united team, you know, a complete change up in management, but not a whole lot different um results wise, you know, Leinster champions again, you know, they've they've won a couple consecutively and uh, will they will bring a huge, huge challenge and, you know, <laughs> they won't. They won't be one bit afraid of Clare. You know, I mean, you can imagine down there shouting in their knives this week, thinking, "Okay, you know, our favourites in the bookies as it stands," and uh, they'll be thinking, you know, where, where's the farm line there? You know, we, we they've bet them. We Clare and Kilkenny have played an awful lot of championship matches. Um, I don't think I ever played a championship match against Kilkenny, and um, you know, they they'll be they'll be looking at last year and trying to replicate what they did. And you know, I thought they were very tactically astute last year, kind of. Um, you know, isolated our, our, our guys one on one, and you know, like the usual kind of crack, like getting high and winning the clean and, and goal chances galore and loads of points. But, um, you know, I think, I think we're, we're better set up and we're, you know, we're more confident in what we're about this year. Finally, Pat, the heart will always back Claire, I've no doubt in that, but is the head agreeing with us? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think, um, I just think you know, the stress test is, that goes on in, in Monster Championship, you know, you know. You'd have played a variety of different teams where Limerick are possession based, you know, Tipperary are, are you know, huge threat in the forwards, Cork and more of a running game. You know, you've come across all different varieties and, uh, you know, have, have dealt with them and found them. And uh, I think, I think we're, we're very well set up. I think, obviously, there, there's a couple of injuries that hopefully clear up. Yeah. I don't think we'll have them all on the field as, as it happens, but if we get as many as we can, I think we're in an excellent position. And I think, like I said, they didn't come out and say it, but I, I think inside that trust going to be a burning desire to, to atone for last year because, uh, as we all know, it was pretty different uh, experience to be up there and, and to be out of the game so early. But you know, I, I, I'd be going head and heart for, for Clare next, next week. Staying with our look ahead now to Clare versus Kilkenny and doing that with uh, Brendan Bugler. Brendan, your assessment of this game? Yeah, sure. It's a hugely exciting game uh, to look forward to. Uh, big, big challenge for Clare, obviously. Um, on the back of a really, really good Munster campaign. It's hard to know, I suppose, where Kilkenny are at. You know, they seem to be cruising through the Leinster Championship and then in the final, it was... I suppose that was their real, real, real tough game all year and they came through that just about in the end. So 
I suppose it's a real game that you know we're going to see. I suppose how much Clare have improved in the last year and to see have uh, have we closed the gap in Kilkenny. I think. How important in that context are the first fifteen minutes here of kind of setting out the roadmap for it? Yeah, it's hugely important. I suppose you look back to last year, the first fifteen minutes. Um, you know, Kilkenny just came out and uh, they were awesome in the first 15, 20. They're awesome all through the game, but especially in the first half, you know, you were going in at half time and you knew that it was going to be a serious, serious, serious uphill struggle after that. So I think anytime you're playing Kilkenny, the important thing is you need to stay in the game for as long as possible. And um, I think if we can do that, we have the firepower up front to finish the game off, you know, towards the end. So, um, yeah, it's going to be real, 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 I suppose, a lot of matchups and, and, and this sort of thing. And, are going to be really really important so it's um it's exciting I just wonder like I mean there's a lot of maybe trepidation from a clear point of view about A you're playing Kilkenny and B in the context of last year but perhaps maybe people shouldn't lose sight of the fact that after waiting so long to get back to Crow Park here we are now two years in a row like that's something to be celebrated and praised isn't it? Yeah absolutely you know um, I think you know this clear team over the last two years have given us Absolutely fantastic days. The only thing that's missing from the table is is an actual, you know, a, a trophy, a cup. Um, but there's been some terrific games. You know, the support behind the team is absolutely superb. Um, but you know, as you just said there, Derek, like you look at the last four teams in in Dal Ireland last year, it's the same four teams this year. So I suppose with all four teams, there's a consistency there, and and credit to all four teams that are involved in the last four. But uh, you'd like to think that Clare have learned from the experience of going to Crow Park last year. Uh, for a lot of the guys, it would have been their first time actually playing in Crow Park, um, unlike the Kilkenny guys. And I never underestimate that. You know, if Kilkenny have, what, they had three or four games in Crow Park last year and they've had, you know, another game this year behind their belt. That in itself um, can be a huge, huge factor, you know, in relation to just the daughter of the day, pretty much, the, the routine that, they, that the teams... Um, have for, for, for a day like playing in Crow Park. So, uh, Kilkenny have an edge in that department, I'd imagine. But, um, yeah, credit to all four teams for, for getting back to the semi-final again this year. It's interesting you bring it up in the context of the day that it is because when you talk to managers and players before these kind of games, the kind of trotted out line is, well, there's four white lines, there's two goalposts and there's stands around the field. So they tried to kind of maybe minimise it from that point of view. Take me back to your first time going to Crow Park. Did it take you a while to take it all in? Um, it did, I suppose. My my first game in Crow Park didn't play there too often. I've been honest with you, but my first game was in two thousand and seven, and it was an All Ireland quarter final against Limerick. And um, you know, the, obviously the, the 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 crowd that particular day it was a double header. The crowd that particular day was was pretty big, but nothing in comparison to I suppose you know two thousand and thirteen when we got there a few times. So, um, it does when you're when you're when you're young, when you're new, when you're you know. It's everyone's dream, I suppose, as a county player to play in Crow Park because it's it's the field you want to be playing in as much as you possibly can. Um, and sometimes it does, you know, the occasion can be a little bit daunting. Um, but uh, I don't think it's going to affect Clare players this year. But but there definitely is a lot to be said for, you know, familiarity with playing in grounds, you know. And I suppose, look, there was a reason why Clare opted to play the Munster final in the Gaelic grounds because there's a familiarity with playing there the players like playing there they know the surroundings they know the the plan of the day and all of that sort of thing so yeah you can argue you know it's those four white lines and whatever but um, you know it does make a difference when you're playing in a ground regularly
Yeah, it's, I was just actually, before we went to record this piece, I was watching the the end of the GA go coverage from the football quarterfinals at the weekend and uh, they were, the, the four lads were having a, a kick in competition or whatever into the hill but it was interesting Paddy Andrews the only dub in the lineup, noticed that the breeze was swirling a little bit around the hill and he actually asked could we go down the other side where it's not as dead or, or you know because of the surround of the stands the breeze doesn't come into it like so that intimate knowledge of, of even that kind of backs up the point you're making there I think so, yeah. And I think Glen Ryan came out at the start of the year, you know, after Dublin beat Kildare. I think it was in the Leinster semi-final, was it? Or maybe it might have been the quarter-final. And, you know, he was, he just, that was his point, you know. Does Dublin have a familiarity? The Dublin senior footballers have a have serious familiarity with playing in Crow Park. And, you know, that might be just known, you know, whoever does be holding the door open when the boys are getting off the bus or, or whatever, you know. Um, so there is an advantage. Of course, there is an advantage. And like you just said there, Paddy Andrews obviously knows... Crow Park inside out and um, it's small little things like that and you know yourself Derek from the game from this year the way the, the championship has gone it's it's such fine margins you know and you, you you would take absolutely every little inkling of an advantage that you can get um, in days like this You mentioned matchups there at the start and then obviously we're not going to know any of that maybe like last year until the game is actually on because we're hearing nothing from the camp in terms of injuries uh, those lads adding up 2-2 two and two and getting 47 with it like so I suppose we're all going to be kind of kept in a little bit of uh, suspense until the teams are actually confirmed Yeah absolutely and it's 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 no different to any other game that Clare played this year uh, and I presume the Kilkenny camp is, is, um, is pretty much the same you know it's you know, whoever, when you're inside in that, when you're inside in that circle, when you're inside in that bubble, it's it's so important that everything that's done in training, that everything that's said is training, is um, it stays with training. You know, and and that's the that's the way it's been all year. It's not going to be any different before the before the game on Sunday, I'd imagine. And um, we won't really know what's going on until you know two or three minutes into the game in relation to matchups. So it's all just uh, assumptions between now and then. And from that point of view, then, like, is it almost a blessing for management insofar as you can just concentrate on your own setup that you don't get too swallowed up with, with wondering about who goes with who? Um, yeah. Uh, well, from a, from a management point of view, they will know themselves who's going to be going with, with who. So um, I don't, yeah, look at every, every single game takes a, a life of its own and you can um, you you can try get this matchup and that matchup. Some matchups work, some matchup doesn't. But at the end of the day, you're just looking to see um, first and foremost are the team really really tuned in? Are they really really focused? Um, is there an energy about the team? I think work rate, um, you know, outweighs it trumps matchups all day long. You know, you can as I said, you can have this matchup, that matchup. Um, but really, you you really want to see have the team got the energy. That um, that they'd have had in the Munster Championship, and I think that's where we fell last year, small little bit in the Wexford game and the Kilkenny game. The same energy levels, the same. You know, I'm sure if you looked over the tackle counts uh, in the games, you know, last year in the Munster Championship and in the Ireland semi-final, there was a there was a big contrast there. And and I only seen there recently enough as well. You know, I think Liam Sheedy brought it up in relation to Tipperary when Tipperary played Limerick in the Munster Championship, you know, their their tactical count was really, really high and and um in comparison to their, their game against Galway it was well well down. So that's the first thing you're going to be looking for to see is the, the energy levels there and, and and I'm sure they will be there. You know, Claire coming in, I think an awful lot fresher this year. So you'll be you'll be you'll be looking for you're guaranteed Claire are going to bring a performance because they you know, nine times out of ten they always do bring a performance. So you're just hoping for hoping for the same on Sunday. 
if we see the performance that we expect and we know this group can produce, are we going to be coming home happy on Sunday evening? Yeah, Derek, hopefully, like, hopefully, you know, you have to, <clears throat> you do have to remember that you're playing Kilkenny at the end of the day and um, Kilkenny are in a situation where, okay, they were going into the semi-final last year, they had Brian Cody at the helm, you know, and, and the experience that he would have had in dealing with that break between the Leinster final and the Ireland semi-final, huge experience, you know, and, and, and um, it just goes to show the record that they have in All-Ireland semi-finals. This year, Kilkenny are coming in, they have a new management team, they have tweaked their style a little bit, but not not a hell of a lot, you know, they're still, um, you know, they're still very traditional Kilkenny type of team as well, you know, um, at the same time. So, yeah, you'd like to think, you'd like to think hopefully that we'll, we'll have learned from last year and, um, you know, kind of driving down them seven and on Sunday evening wouldn't be wouldn't be brilliant to be looking forward to Northern Ireland final against either Limerick or Galway. Yes, thanks very much, Brendan. As you just said, I am joined on the line by the legend that is Davy Fitzgerald to look ahead to this weekend's All Ireland semi finals. Davy, thanks ever so much for joining me on the show today. A pleasure to speak to you. How about a Robbie? Delighted. Davy Kilkenny and Clare this Sunday four o'clock. It's a mouthwatering tie. Are you excited ahead of this one as a Clare man? Yeah, like I think Clare have probably unfinished business from last year. Um, I think they're very disappointed how they performed um, last year. They'll be they'll be um, mad to get out and prove a point. And I and it's different when them with Kilkenny under new management. And and it's Derek's first semi-final, so I think it adds up to being a really good game. Let's be honest. And from a clear perspective, what is the thoughts going into this? Is there any sort of lingering feeling over last year's semi-final, or is this just a fresh slate and you go at it hell for later? I'd say it's a bit of both, right? I'd say they're just disappointed because they know that they're a lot better than what they played last year, and they were disappointed with their performance. And um, I think you can see, like this year, they've did pretty well at Munster um, probably will feel that they could have got over the line in the Munster final which is a disappointment you know and with Clare of course there's a combination of new players coming in and then players that you would have been in charge of course that won that all Ireland in 2013 the likes of Shane O'Donnell Tony Kelly do you think there's a good mixture of experience and youth within the panel I think that's the key for any panel, right, is that you have that mixture of experience and youth. I know when we won in 13, that was the key thing to us, is that mixture of youth and experience. And I think Clare have that. Um, like, and to me, that's very important. I think it's very important for Clare to get the few injured guys back that they have back in the defence. Like uh, Conor Cleary, John Conlon, David McInerney were missing the last day. They definitely need to be back, you know, um, because... Um, their defence, um, their defence needs them guys there. That's for sure. Like I think they are very, very good up front. Like they're very attack minded, and um, they'll they'll be hard to hold. And then with Kilkenny, of course, first year under Derek Ling, what have you made of them so far? Can you read an awful lot into their Leinster performances and results, or how do you see it? Yeah, listen, um, I've, I've watched a lot of them, of course, played them in the league and that, and. Um, like it's a tough job for Derek to come in straight after Brian Cody. Like uh, no matter what people think or don't think, like to me, Brian Cody is the greatest manager that's ever been out there, and 
Derek has stepped in and done a fantastic job. That's been very honest with you on. I'm sure it is a different approach um, to what Brian had. And, you know, after a length of time, maybe a different approach is good and the boys have responded. And how you can tell that is the Leinster final. Like, played very well in patches. The game has gone from them at the end, but they never give up as typical Kilkenny don't. And they got they got, they got got the rewards at the end of it. So, you know the one thing is, um, Kilkenny are going to fight to the end. And I can see that under Derek, like they're, they're playing firing, which is a big thing. Do you think Crow Park will suit Kilkenny more than Clare? Um, well, I think it'll suit Kilkenny in the fact that they've played games there, right? Play a lot there. Um, Crow Park should be good for Clare. Look at the Clare forwards. Like Shane O'Donnell, Tony Kelly, you'll have Ryan Taylor throwing in there, you know, Peter Duggan, edge of the square. Like, like Crow Park should suit Clare, being honest about it. Like, um, and these guys have one up there, a lot of them, you know, so... It'll be. I think it'll be a fifty-fifty game. Let's be honest with you. Um, I think. I think Clare won't fear Kilkenny, and probably Kilkenny won't fear Clare. You know, so it has the ingredients this year. I think of being a classic. And you've been involved in loads of All Ireland semi-finals, both as a player and a manager, Davy. Is there a different feeling, maybe an element of fear that you're not going to make it to the big day ahead of an All Ireland semi-final in comparison to the build-up to a final itself? Yeah, for me, it's the one. It's the one I hated to lose mm. you know, as a player, as a manager, because big day with a stadium with eighty thousand people. That's what you want. Like as a manager and a player, that's that's what you want. You want them big days, you know. And then, of course, before we get on to Limerick and Galway, that throws in tomorrow evening. How do you actually see Kilkenny's match with Clare going? Um, being honest, I think Clare are going to win. Um, I think. I think that they have the bit between their teeth. Uh, I think they are very hurt after the Munster final and know it was there and they want to go on like you have a few of the clear players who are hitting the 30 mark and just over it and they'll want um, they'll want another crack at an All-Ireland and, and that chance. But saying that, it's going to be tight. Like, I know it from my time in Wexford playing Kilkenny they're never beat like they're, they're always there at the end so it's going to be a tight one but um, naturally being a Clare man I'm going to go for Clare And just a word then on the other semi-final tomorrow Davy, Limerick and Galway it's another mouth-watering tie how do you see that one going Limerick's strong favourites going into it Yeah I, I don't know if I'd make them strong favourites going into it um, if you look at last year's semi-final I remember looking at the first half and I think Galway had 27 shots on target converted 12 of them right so they got a lot of them from out the field. If they're better with their shooting boots from out further, they have a chance. Will the Limerick half-back line come out the field? That's going to be interesting. If they do, it, it'll mean it's exposed inside. If they don't, there's chances from outside. So, like Limerick, I suppose this year, all their games have been very tight. So they have, they've, it's taken a lot out of them and it seems like the pack is coming back to them. I think the game will be tight tomorrow. Um there's a few that Galway team that are pushing on as um, over 30 as well and they'll feel that this is their opportunity um, it's a tough game to call being honest I might just barely give it barely give it to Limerick but um, would it surprise me if Galway won definitely not and you have been involved in matches I'm sure where you're standing on the sideline and it feels bigger than other games and all Ireland semi-final is huge in itself but for Henry Shefflin of course a man that we know well here in Kilkenny do you think this is a huge game for him as Galway manager that if they were to lose it would be the exact same season as last year more or less and that they really need to try and make that step forward in his second year in charge yeah like 
being a manager, Robbie, is completely different. And I can tell yeah. you, even being, being a manager now, even 10 years ago, like the pressure, the pressure from social media, the, the pressure from every place is incredible. Like, um, yeah, like Henry's had a stint in club, um, be it with Bally here, it was a great club site to get. This is different gravy. And like, I think even I can see it, Henry trying different things. Like he played, whether you like it or not, Carl Mannion played in the pocket the last day. Um, I can remember Henry on commenting about that when he was on RTE. I, I don't think he was a big fan of it. But it's funny. <laughs> it actually leads you to attacking way more doing that. You can get your 5, 6 and 7 up the field, whereas the other way your 10, 11 and 12 have to come back and defend and you end up with 10 or 12 defenders a lot of the time. Um, I, I think Henry is actually growing all the time in that role. To me, I think he's done pretty well. That's been honest about it. Um Naturally, for progression, he'd like to get onto the Ireland final, and he has a chance. But you know what? He's giving his team chances all the time. Like, and that's all you can do as a manager is give your team that chance. Like, very unlucky in the Leinster final, very unlucky. And um, Henry's not out in the field to put the ball over the bar, um, which is a different thing. He can only give him the platform to finish the job. You know. And you were a manager and a player in the midst of the great Kilkenny teams under Brian Cody in the 2000s. Yeah. And now obviously you're a manager in the midst of this great Limerick team. Where do they stand amongst the pantheon of greats, do you think? Yeah, I feel like the two teams that stick out in my head that I've come across being as playing and managing, um, definitely Kilkenny in that area and Limerick. Like, I don't think there's very much between them. Um, the styles may be a small bit different, um, but... I tell you now, if the two of them in their head ever flat to the mass, it'll be some game, some game. Um, that's being honest. I, they're the two teams that would stick out by a mile to me. And just in terms of the verdict for tomorrow, you think it'll be a small victory for Limerick, but do you think it'll be, there'll be two good games, I suppose? Do you expect that this weekend? <laughs> yeah, if you look at the championship, right, if we're being totally honest about it, the four best teams are probably there. Um, right now um, I think the gap has come down I think if you take probably the top 6 or 7 teams I think it's going to be even tighter next year but right now the 4 teams are are the best 4 there maybe the last 2 or 3 years Limerick had a, a bit of a gap and you, you knew they were going to come through I can't say that this time they might come through and win it if you're saying right now by a pint or two Limerick maybe but do you know what Clare, I believe, have a chance. Kilkenny and Galway will think they have a chance as well. So I don't think it's an automatic choice this year, Robbie. You know what? Which is great for Hurlan. And just very finally, Davey, unconscious that you're still the Waterford manager, of course, just a word on that. Maybe not exactly the season that you wanted, but a really strong performance in the last game and a great result against Tipperary. That was a good way to end the year and going into 2024, wasn't it? I think the first game was actually really good too. Yeah, I think we played really well against Limerick. Like two of our four games are really good. Um, the two in the middle, we had issues. Um, and maybe the issues have gone on a few years. They're not just gone on this year, I can promise you. Um, when you look back at results over the last three or four or five years, there was a few things um, very similar that has happened. And maybe we needed to get to the bottom of them. I'm pretty confident that Watford will do all right next year. Um, I think we've we've addressed a few things. I think we've showed the potential in the last game because trust me, Tip were trying to get to a Munster final. They were busting themselves. Uh, but we were playing for pride. And um, I think we did that. I'm pretty happy. You're only in the job five or six months, which people forget. You have to see Everton. And the only time you really find out about players in the, is in the middle of the championship. You find out Everton. And it's a tough time to be finding out. Like the National League is great. 
but you don't find out, Robbie. You don't know it. you're in the championship. Now I have a better idea. We got to see a lot of stuff, and I'm very hopeful that next year will be an okay year for Watford. They are good hurlers down there, and um, hopefully, the passion, the fight, the scrapping will come next year. And very, very lastly from me, Davy, you mentioned there maybe the added pressure on inter-county managers now compared to when you started back with Waterford, of course, all the way back in 2008. You seem to still have that incredible passion and desire. Is it as enjoyable as it was 15 years ago with all that extra speculation and pressure? Uh, listen, I love training. I love dealing with the players. And that would be tough enough. Like, from a manager, are you going to keep 36 players happy? Not a hope. I'm sure Brian Cody, the most successful manager Kilkenny ever had, if I asked a number of players, were you happy with that? I know what they'll tell me. Nah, he was this, he was that. But his job is to get results. Any manager's job is to get results. You're not going to keep every player happy. That's number one. Number two, Joe Public, of course, are going to have an opinion. And they're entitled to their opinion. But the manager, the players are there every night. They're working like dogs. And sometimes the abuse you'll get in social media, people having opinions. They're not training the team. They're not there every night. It's no problem having them, but the pressure that they put on the manager and team is, is very tough. Compared to maybe 10 years ago, it's definitely changed a lot. Um, while you enjoy one aspect, but the other aspect is very hard, you know. And sometimes a story, someone texting something or writing something in, you think it's gospel, and it might be the farthest thing from the truth. So... Once you're strong-minded yourself and you can block out that stuff, you, you'll probably be OK. David Fitzgerald, an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Best wishes with Watford next season and enjoy both semi-finals this weekend. Thanks a million. Take care. Watford manager Davy Fitzgerald there looking ahead to both All-Ireland semi-finals this weekend. Back over to you at Brogan's, Brendan. Yes, thanks very much, Brendan. I am joined on the line now by Sean Walsh of Galway Bay FM to look ahead to the other... All-Ireland semi-final of course we have been building up to Kilkenny versus Clare but Galway are taking on Limerick tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock in Crow Park it is of course a huge clash and Sean joins me to preview that game Sean thanks for joining me on the show this evening how are you? No problem Robbie good good yourself? Very good looking forward to this game as well as Kilkenny and Clare of course all of our eyes have been on that big match on Sunday but for Galway and Limerick this is a huge huge encounter isn't it? Oh it is yeah I mean tomorrow evening in Crow Park I mean it, it sets off this whole kind of semi-final weekend Robbie doesn't it in terms of um, uh, the two biggest or I suppose you call them two of the three biggest days probably in the hurling calendar um, you know I suppose small misgivings about the timing of the match on a, on a Saturday evening not the easiest time I suppose for either uh, set of supporters to get in and out of Dublin but at the same time I think look at would you take it? Of course you would. Um, I suppose looking at the uh, at the betting uh, of the last four teams, that always seems to be the bottom team. I think uh, during the week I saw something where they were five to one to win in All Ireland. So you know, I think taking that on an account, there's not too many bookies that are uh, broke. So they obviously know what they're talking about in the sense that I think it kind of look at paints the picture of how difficult a task this is for Galway. I mean, Limerick have been the standout team, haven't they, probably for the best. A uh, number of yeah. years, three All Ireland's going for four. Um, I read during the week that John Kiley, I think, has managed them in twelve finals, uh, has lost none of those finals, um, which is some record. Four All Ireland wins, five Munsters, three national leagues. Um, I think if you take a snapshot of the year, I think we were all blown away, and no doubt, Ian Kilkenny people 
saw it up close and personal in that league final. I think, yeah. you know, it was a warning sign, wasn't it, to everyone at the start of the year of how good Limerick were. Um, since then, there's a kind of a bit of commentary around um, maybe not being at their absolute max in the Munster campaign. But ultimately, at the same time, they're still compelled as Munster champions. Um, obviously, we talk ahead of the teams being announced, but all the speculation around, you know, Declan Hannon being out, Sean Finn being out, Will Keane Lynch play. Um, so there's probably factors around that that would lead into the narrative that our Limerick, you know, at the peak of their powers. But the, the thing I think that's very important is that they've got a month, uh, Robbie, since that Munster final, and a month for an experienced team is probably an ideal scenario in the sense that it will give them a chance to get you know, more game time into the likes of Keane Lynch. They will probably have settled now on the formation of who do they go with at centre-back. You know, all the speculation, will it be one of the wing-backs, Burns or Hayes? Will it be Dan Morrissey coming out? Will it be the minimum of change? Maybe a man coming straight into the sixth position. So I think a lot of that, the discussion would have... Would, Look at the John Kiley's a shrewd manager and Paul Connert, they know what they're doing. So look at I think ultimately it'll come down to Galway having to take on a big task, but look at I think something Galway will relish. Do Galway have a pep in their step coming into this one, Sean, off the back of that victory over Tipperary, or do you feel as though the scars of that last second winner from Killian Buckley in the Leinster final will linger in this game? Um I think I think it'll be a pep on the step. I think that Galway probably the next game out from that Leinster final and look at Robbie there's no, there's no hiding it uh, it was a cruel way for Galway to lose it um, you know after digging themselves out of a hole in the sense that they were 8 or 9 points down to come back to lead by 2 and then get caught for a sucker blow goal with the last fuck of the game um, there's no hiding around the fact that that was a very difficult defeat to take um, the word was that you know on the week after you know Galway resumed training and you know the mood was pretty decent given what has happened and I think I think the Tipperary game will be a bounce factor for Galway now look at again a lot of people will be of the view that the Galway tip game was nowhere near the level of what Galway and tip games have been previously you know we, we were I suppose treated to three thrillers in particular in 15, 16, 17 um, even the quarter final of 20 uh, but I think Galway will take a lot from it I think Galway were uh, you know, would have been delighted to keep that tip team to one goal, um, and even the goal probably would be unhappy with the way it was conceded. Um, you know, the ball going to the far line was probably a, a lot better than had been seen in the last, previous two games. So there were kind of incremental improvements. I think beating Tipperary any day is obviously a major fillip. But look at, I think all will take a bounce from it certainly. I think the one thing they will take from it as well is that you know one or two players that showed up in the course of the game. Um, Keenan Fahey uh, from their Drahan Club probably was a kind of a standout performance he's been two years in the past he came in as part of or Henry gave him his debut last year in the in the National League and in the, the Championship um, you know Kevin Cooney has come in to start regularly this year after making his debut last year at senior championship level um, Tom Onahan came off the bench hit three points so I think they'll take a certain amount from that and I think look at going into the game there's also a little bit of kind of history, I suppose, between Galway and Limerick, Robbie, in the sense that the last three occasions that we met while uh, Limerick had been victorious, the 218 of Ireland final, the 20 semi, the 22 semi last year, Galway were very much in contention in those games as well. And certain things that went against them in those games, they would hope maybe may not go against them this time. But look, at, ultimately, I think Galway, look, at, they're, they're where they want to be. They're in an all Ireland semi final and they're going to give it everything they have tomorrow evening. 
I spoke to you, Sean, before Kilkenny played Galway in the Leinster round robin phase, a game that ended in a draw in UPMC in mm. Park. And at that time, you had said that Henry Shefflin was kind of under no pressure at all from supporters in Galway and that he has been well received throughout his tenure as Galway manager. If they were to lose on Saturday evening, it would mirror last season in terms of a Leinster final defeat to Kilkenny, defeating a third-place Munster team in a quarter-final and then losing to Limerick in a semi-final. Would the lack of progression put him under a slight bit of pressure going into 2024? Is this his biggest game in charge of Galway in that sense, do you think? I would say any county manager would tell you that the next game is always the biggest game, Robbie, to be fair. And I think yeah. that every every manager would also tell you as well that do you want incremental progress in the previous year? Of course you do. I think you have to put that a little bit into context in the sense that you did go out last year to the three in a row all Ireland champions. You were extremely competitive in that semi-final. Um, you had overcome Cork in the quarter-final. As you say, again, this year you've repeated the trick in the sense that you have beaten Tipperary um, in the quarter-final. I think, you know, five minutes before the throw-in, if you were told that you were going to beat Tipperary by two points in that quarter-final, I think any Golden man, and I'd say Henry's manager, would have bitten your hand off to take that. So... Within that, the, the victory over Tipperary was probably achieved with a lot of things that Galway can also improve on. Uh, you know, there was 12 wides. We hit a big total wides in the Leinster final. We hit a big total wides against Dublin. Um, we didn't take all chances in all three games. We topped up what you would regard as being goals that we shouldn't have been conceding. So when you add all that into the mix, I think what Henry, the main thing that Henry... I think you can leave judgment of, of Henry's reign to the end of it, and I'm not being flippant by saying that, but I think what he will want next or tomorrow evening is improvement. And he'll want a performance. And, you know, it's, it's often the cliche, uh, but if you get the performance and if you get the, the incremental improvements on, i.e., stopping goals going in that shouldn't be going in, you know, increasing your own efficiency, I think our efficiency rate against Superior was only about 50%. That won't do tomorrow evening. So, to go back to the point, I think if he had won the Leinster title, it would have been uh, a major help. But I think ultimately, there's still no pressure on Henry Shepherd in the sense that as the team is evolving as well, Robbie, I think that, you know, there's one or two newer players being added to it. Um, I think last year, you're talking about. 10 or 11 of the team will probably start tomorrow evening. So you're, you're bringing in newer lads to the mix here. Um, I think in fairness to him and Richie O'Neill, in year one, when you come into a county or even a club that you're not familiar with initially, it does take a bit of time, particularly in this new system whereby the season is probably a little bit shorter than normal. But he did have a chance last year, after the All-Ireland series was over, to have, a, to have a look at and kind of look at the Galway club scene and what is available there. So I think he's more comfortable and he said that in interviews um, to ourselves and all of AFM in the last few weeks that you know he's, he's a better handle now on what is available to him in Galway and he, he, I think he also said like there's probably a better bond between the squad and the management this year in the sense that it is year two. So look, um, I think tomorrow evening is about performance. It's about can Galway match uh, this Limerick team. It's 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 a big ask. I mean, they've been the team that has, I suppose you would say that there's no shame in losing to this Limerick team. They've looked so good and have produced the goods to win three All-Irelands. Uh, they have a golden crop of players. But I think that won't stop Galway giving it one hell of a record tomorrow evening. And you brought Limerick up there. From a Limerick perspective, it is, of course, the same game as it was last year at the same stage, Limerick and Galway in an All-Ireland semi-final. Do Limerick hold the same level of 
if the word fear isn't right, do they have the same stature going into this game, considering how tight all of their games have been in the Munster Championship this year? Yeah, I suppose they deserve to, Robbie, don't they? In the sense that they've still done it. Like The perception is that they may not be as good as they've been in the other years, but they've still come out and won the two competitions they've played in this year. They won the National League, they won the Munster title. You know, with injury concerns, with probably not their full hand to play at all times. And, you know, you'd have to look at lads like Cahill O'Neill, Adam English now being added to the mix, Colin Coughlin, you know, that are adding to it. So, on the flip side of that, I think that any of the teams now that are going at them will go at them and assume and be hopeful of trying to upset them in so many ways. I think system of play is a big one. And I think that is where I'm intrigued tomorrow evening to see where that battle is going to be. I mean, with a goal who played Limerick in the National League in Pierce Stadium earlier on the year and basically gave Limerick the puck outs, didn't push up. Can you do that now? Can you give them the ball? They're so good at using the ball. I mean, you know, Canary has brought in little nuances where, you know, at times he puts four in his full back line to ensure that the puck out gets out through the lines, that you can work it down the field. Do you then push up on them? Does that open space in front of the two-man inside line, which is Flanagan and Galan? Galan looks to be in fantastic form this year as well. Do you leave that space in front of you? I mean, Galway played Tipperary and probably were a little bit more defensively minded with Cahill Mannion acting as a sweeper or a plus one with maybe as a top-fielder over the stages and that condensed the Galway line defensively. Um, if you do that, do you give Limerick the ball then to work the ball out through the lines? They, have, they are the one team, Robbie, that have proven that they can actually beat you by points. Um, they're so adept to taking their points from out the field. So I think there's an intriguing tactical battle in there as well. Um, I think Limerick deserve nothing other than the utmost respect. They have won the last three All-Irelands. They're aiming to get back into the fourth one. I think the month as they go back to probably has been a help to them, an experienced team. They know what they're about, Robbie, in terms of where they need to be in terms of their prep. It has probably helped them. So, look at the deserve the utmost respect. Uh, but will Galway have a right cut of them? I think they will, yeah. And very finally, Sean, before I let you go, the game itself, if you don't want to give a verdict, which I completely understand as a Galway man, um, how do you see it panning out? Do you think it'll be similar to last year's semi-final in the sense that it'll be close right till the end? I suppose, look at... <sighs> You know, we've been fed a narrative, I suppose, throughout the, not alone this year, but so many years in terms of how good the Munster Championship was. Um, I suppose in hindsight now, you look at, we say, Tipperary's performance against Galway, following on from their performance against Watford, it didn't set the world alight. Uh, Watford didn't set the world alight. Uh, Tip for the third team that came out of Munster. Um, Limerick and Clare are probably look to be the two best teams in Munster. So you're kind of looking at uh, how good is the Munster Championship now versus the Leinster Championship. And I suppose these are the questions that are going to be asked. Um, Galway Limerick games in 18, that All Ireland final, you know, probably the amount of games that Galway played certainly caught up with them in the first 15 minutes, so we're way off the base. And then you know, in the last quarter, they got back to within the point. The 2020 semi-final in Crow Park was level on 70 minutes. Galway had lost Joe Canning, had lost Cahill Mannion during the course of that game. 
last year's semi-final. They had they were level again on 70 minutes. David Reedy had come off the bench for Limerick to get three invaluable points. Galway, I think, shot 17 or 18 wides in that game. So the narrative would be that the game would take similar similar kind of road as the last three games. The only caveat I would put in it is that the Galway tip game two weeks ago didn't follow the Galway tip um uh, roller coaster games that we had experienced in the last few years. So I think every every game is different. Every game is played on its own merits. I go back to the point. I think it'll be intriguing tactically, and who gets to play the game on their own terms from the off. I think would be absolutely crucial in this game. Um, you cannot give the ball to Limerick. You cannot give them the space to destroy your front. You cannot, in that crowded middle third, they're so adept, as I said, at the long-range points. They're hitting huge scores. I mean, it's interesting. In the last three games, they've hit 27 points twice against Galway last year in 22. They hit 316 in that 18 final. So they're going to score heavily in terms of points. Can you stop that? So look, at a long-winded way of saying it, it'll take on its own uh, path. You would expect it to go like the previous three, but look, at you don't know in the game of hurling. I think both Paul Canerick, Richie O'Neill, Henry Shefflin, John Kiley will be looking at this game for a while. And I think the final word I say as well is that when you are the team to be got at, Robbie, I think everyone probably plans for meeting you at some stage. So everyone has looked at Limerick now for the last three years. Can they bring something different tactically now to the mix? And I'm sure Kilkenny and Clare managements, the minute at the semi-final is over on Sunday, will have the same things in their heads. So look at what can someone bring to the table. Looking forward to two great games. And look at let the best team win, I suppose. is all I can say, but you know who I'm shouting for, Robbie. <laughs> Certainly do. Sean, thanks ever so much for chatting to me today. Always great pleasure to get in touch and enjoy the match tomorrow evening and the one on Sunday. Hopefully we meet you in an All-Ireland final, sure. Brilliant stuff. That is Sean Walsh of Galway Bay FM there. Back over to you, Brendan. You're very welcome back to Scoreland. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe, and I'm joined by Gaelic Statsman himself, Mr. Matt Hurley. Matt, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, all good, all good. Um, glad to be on the show again. Uh, like the last uh, couple of seasons, though, at this stage. But uh, Kilkenny and all the semi final again. It must be brilliant to uh, blow in a case in our mode. Absolutely buzzing for it. I tell you, it's been manic the past few days, giving away tickets there in Brogan's last night and hearing the thoughts of Davy Fitz and Aidan Taggy Fogarty. And it's great getting to talk to kind of players who have played the game, but we love the kind of analytical side of things, which is something that Gaelic Statsman does so well. You've after growing some following. Yeah, exactly. Um, we recently had to change the name because of uh, the people up in the headquarters, um, you know, camping down the letters J, but at the same time, yeah, I've got a bit of a following though on Twitter or on Instagram and um, the whole James Gaelic or you would say community has really um, risen over the past few seasons and yeah, I just do stats for the love of gaming as well as that. I'm part of the Southern Star Corp as well so got a bit of a job out of it as well. Oh, lovely. So, absolutely delighted. And I suppose there's a lot of kind of inter-county teams or clubs or anything like that that will be looking and appreciate these stats going up I know us as fans certainly do as well and there's a lot of kind of stats that really spring to mind but some of them you know won't pose any surprises I see there TJ Reid top goals or top score with Kenny 254 and then Tony Kelly is 532 obviously complemented by that Dublin game where he ran absolute havoc I suppose when you're kind of looking at someone like Tony Kelly you're expecting to be putting points beside his name 
exactly. So and, uh, he just epitomised it even more. I think he scored two four against Cork, one four for play. And he was absolutely amazed that day, especially in the first half. But it kind of is a lesson really for Kilkenny on the from a Kilkenny point of view because Cork kind of put the wild bad on him in the first half, and that was that was the big thing um, from uh, from that. But uh, at the same time, like if Kilkenny put Mikey Butler like they did last year, that's going to be a big matchup. If Butler goes on Kelly again. That's going to be an immense, uh, you know, matchup because Kelly struggled with Butler last year, and Butler really got better. Him. So it's going to be very interesting. And let's not forget, Mikey Butler's got one two overall in the championship as well. So he he's well able to score as well as him keep the star man quiet. There's been a lot of kind of things that kind of uh, jump out to you and I know I appreciate you mentioned Mikey Butler obviously getting Young Player of the Year last year and we spoke to Jamesy O'Connor and he highlighted how well of a job that Mikey Butler did on him as well and the kind of tactical battles that go into that kind of thing. He questioned maybe do Kilkenny move Hugh Lawler to the edge of the square then just to try and stop Tony if he ends up dropping deep and he starts going for points as opposed to goals because he's not going to get that open space that he got with, with Dublin one would think but Clare overall have been doing quite well in somewhat matching Kilkenny in terms of total score I see there Kilkenny 14 50, 154 whereas Clare have 14 139 so not a big massive swing 15 points but what really stands out is the the scores that are conceded Kilkenny conceding 10 goals 122 I know the Antrim game that might have been a bit of an anomaly and in fairness maybe the Wexford one as well but Clare conceding 13 goals and 116 points as well will that be a concern for Clare? You mentioned the anomaly with uh, the Antrim game and possibly the Westford game for Kilkenny. You could argue for Clare the anomaly was the tip game and the first game they conceded five goals and instantly then they changed their goalkeeper from uh, Eamon Booley back to Aver Quilligan and it worked a treat for Clare after that. But when you look at all their games actually in every one of their games they've conceded a goal bar Watford and in that game Watford were down to 14 men. So that's going to be a cause of concern for Clare considering the fact that Kilkenny are well able to score some goals in certain games in, in general because but the thing is with Kilkenny actually in, they've only scored goals in in half their games in the championship this season yeah. against Antrim against Wexford against Galway they didn't score any against Dublin Galway in the group or Westmead so that might be a concern for Kilkenny that they won't get you know goal chances they either get a load of goals in one game or they get none at all so it's going to be very interesting to see that sort of things too yeah, when we were talking to Aidan Taggy Fogarty, we kind of highlighted the the lack of goals in the Kilkenny squad. And every time we highlight it, then they go out and they put five past Antrim or they put five past Wexford and then, of course, four against Galway. So every time we seem to highlight it, they seem to be able to back it up. Exactly. So, yeah, when you look, when you look at their goal scores in general, like TJ's got two, one, Cody, three goals. Mossy Keown will be key. He scored a goal last year, the all Ireland semi-final against Clare. And um, he scored five this championship uh, campaign as well. It, it's all, it seems to be goals that Mossy seems to get at this stage. Like five, nine in the championship, he doesn't seem to get much points. Tom Phelan's got one eight as well, so he's chipping in. So there's a lot of players chipping in for Kilkenny in general. Like there's five players on 10 points or above. So you have to take that into consideration as well. But at the same time, Clare, well, to be honest, I don't want to be geography to, to Leinster and all that, but... Clare played tougher opposition in um, in Munster than Kilkenny haven't Leinster. That's going to be a challenge for Kilkenny. We see the Kilkenny definitely. We see the Kilkenny definitely um, dealt with the pressure last year by trashing Clare. But who's to say that this uh, year won't be different? And Clare have more scores than Tony Kelly this year, so it's going to be a big challenge for Kilkenny to get over the line. Yeah, you mentioned Mossy there, and hopefully. 
after the fourth substitution in the Leicester final against Galway, after hitting the back of the onion net, he'll be all right. So for for the upcoming game, and we'll be sweating over Adrian Mullen. There he is, thirteen points scored this campaign already. One that kind of stands out to me is Billy Ryan, only with nine points. A uh, few people are maybe calling upon him to be able to up those scoring charts in, in this game, and indeed, hopefully, an All Ireland final. Yeah, exactly. So, like, Billy Ryan seems to be, uh, he seems to be a very, very good scorer for Kilkenny down through the years, but he's only got nine. But maybe that's just because of the emergence of uh, Tom Beelan, for example, scoring one eight. Like, he's relatively new on the panel uh, for Kilkenny, uh, according to myself, anyway. I haven't seen much of him in previous seasons, but he's come in and scored one eight. He's done really, really well. John Donnelly's done well, I think. I know he scored eight points, but his overall play has been very, very good. Walter Walsh has most been on the bench. He scored one five and two with that crack of a goal against Galway. So Kilkenny's still a very good player coming off the bench and that's going to be key for them. And let's not forget Billy Drennan, top scorer in the league. And he's only got two points in the championship. If he's fully fit, like he could start this game as well. So Kilkenny definitely have the options to threaten there. Uh, Kilkenny have on occasion particularly the two Galway games as well given up a significant point we, well I, I say significant maybe in this modern era of hurling it's not that significant but an 8 point swing a 6 point swing in those games from the stats that you're doing I know you're you're looking at scoring and all that kind of stuff but have you been able to highlight maybe a particular time in a game or a particular area in which Kilkenny seemed to be giving away these points after ascending to big heights early on in a game it's really at the end of the third quarter, especially against uh, Galway in general, because once Mikey Butler got that goal, then Galway started to take control. They got a few scores on the board. Connor Whelan was doing a wreck on uh, Kilkenny. And it seemed to be the same way against Wexford. I know I didn't watch the game, but look, you said, you know, how it was going at Scorpio or Twitter, or etc. That Kilkenny kind of lost their way in that stage of the game. So they have to be wary of that. But by the time the third quarter came last year against Clare, the game was over. So it could end up like that again this season. But um, look at the starts of the Galway game in general. Like your shooting seems to be very, very good. Seventy-three percent for play, sixty-nine percent overall. Uh, puck out seems to be good at sixty-five percent. The main thing for Kilkenny, I think, is the turnovers in general. Like uh, Galway more turnovers than uh, Kilkenny in the Leinster final. That's going to be a concern. And Clare are a team that want to get into a battle. And if Kilkenny get into a battle with Clare, Clare usually have the upper hand on turnovers in uh, games got by against other teams especially at Munster this season so that's going to be an aspect where Kilkenny have to prove to go on and win this game but shooting boys are doing okay but and again it's the third quarter where what's key you see with the football last week Dublin took control against Mayo in the third quarter and look what happens Dublin hammered them in the end so that's going to be key for Kilkenny to get over the line again uh, you mentioned Galway quite a bit there. Galway have been quite prolific when it comes to scoring goals, particularly that Westmead game and the Antrim game as well. Only didn't score in the Wexford game, which was at the start. However, on the other side of things, Limerick have been quite miserly in terms of conceding goals as well. How likely do you think the chance that Henry Shefflin's men are going to be able to break down that Limerick defence? Look at stats. Actually, it's very, very likely when you when you look at because Galway have been statistically nearly the best team in uh, the championship this season, and we're very lucky to lose that Leinster final. And statistically, Limerick have been the worst out of the four teams, and I can say that for a fact because they have the worst attack out of the four teams, one twenty three per game, and they have the joint uh, worst defence with Clare as well. So, like, it's going to be very difficult for Limerick to turn around. Looking at those stats, that Aaron Galad is it the same rights this year? Neither is Seamus Flanagan, but. 
take away the stats for a minute now. This is a Limerick team that is on the cusp of a wave for going for four in a row. Because this Limerick team, like they could turn on just like that. He looked at the order of point last year. Kilkenny seemed to be getting a foothold in the game and then Limerick take control after that. So statistically, yes, Galway have a chance of um, overturning Limerick in this game. And they definitely do consider in their meetings over the last few years. Like in 2020, they were very, very close. 22 last year, very close. But then again, Limerick were not at their best last season. So in the semi-final of East. So it's going to be very difficult for Galway to turn it over. But when you look at the players they have, like Connor Whelan, seven goals and 15, 15 points from play. And may I add, he's a very, very good one-trick pony. Very good um, you know, um, talent for Galway to have in the team. So, yeah, Galway, they look good at the moment. But Limerick, you don't know when they're going to turn it on. Like, they haven't done so, so far statistically anyway. But they might turn it on though on Saturday against uh, Galway. Yeah, like we were talking about peaking in a game and you never know when Limerick could actually peak. They brought, definitely a lot of people seem to think they look the most fragile as they have in, in quite a few years, which is all leading to a very, very interesting uh, possible final between either Clare or Limerick, Kilkenny or Limerick, or vice versa, Galway, Kilkenny, Galway, Clare. So it, it really does seem quite open. It does in general, yeah. Like it's kind of disappointing that it was this, it's the same for this year as it was yeah. last year. I find that uh, quite disappointing to be honest with you. I thought Tip would definitely make a breakthrough of this, but maybe it just proves these are the four best teams in the country at the moment in Limerick, Galway, Kilkenny and Clare, no particular order, and these are the four teams that you can't snip at. But in general, like Clare, Kilkenny and Galway, well Clare, Kilkenny more so I think deserve to be here. Galway maybe not so like Tipperary are very poor in the quarterfinal. Limerick they just got over the line. Like that's what Limerick teams do over the past few seasons. They kind of deserve to be there because of their fight and desire. But in general, yeah, it is open once it gets to the semi finals, but open till now it's been it's been pretty underwhelming considering it's the same four as last year. I don't know what you think about that yourself, but um, yeah, it's going to be an open out early considering Limerick's form this season. Well, the only thing that I could give out about was that Carlo didn't beat Dublin and then by proxy go on and take on Clare. <laughs> um, we were talking to Jim Bulger there, who's the Carlo GEA chairperson, and we were reflecting the opinions of some people in regards to the All-Ireland preliminary series. Of course, Michael Dignan chimed in after Offaly had a big, big defeat at the hands of Tipperary. I know that you were covering the Joe Mack as well. And some great games in there, but like, what? Where do you fall in terms of the actual preliminary series and the Joe McDonough Cup finalists been playing in those? I think honestly, the Joe McDonough winners should progress to the All Ireland series and not really the finalists because you looked at the off. You mentioned it there, the off Tipperary game. I know there was a lot of records broken, but was it really worth everybody's time at the same time? Like, it was very, very um, poor in general. Like, Carlo could have turned over Dublin, definitely, and they were ahead at half-time, as far as I know as well. So, that could have been, a, a, you know, a banana skin for Dublin. You could leash his farm against uh, Dublin a few seasons ago. But the Joe McDonough Cup scouts seem to come from the Joe McDonough Cup winners. Like, Antrim nearly pulled one against Cork last season as well. So, I'd be for the winners progressing to the All-Ireland Series, but the finals, like they're down on their feet. Like it's it's very hard to get back up and um, compete with a top-level team in, in off-lease games, Tipperary. And I think Westmead a few seasons ago played Cork, and Cork scored 40 points that day. Yeah. It was kind of just a waste of time for everybody. So, yeah, I'd be for the winners to progress in the finals, just not. So they're just not at the level, unfortunately. And um, that's just the way it is. But even when the Joe Mack comes down to such tight margins in the end, an extra time victory, that famous Conor Keogh point, like it came down to very, very tight margins, which would 
seem to allude that Offaly are still up to the standard of what Carlo are capable of doing, albeit not up to a standard by one single point. So, like, you know, it, it could be swings and rounds, but if Offaly did end up winning, would they have been able to put up the same fight if they had progressed to an All-Ireland preliminary series if just the winners go through? That's an interesting point, actually, because before the championship season, I actually made a bold prediction to say Offaly would beat Dublin. Um, you know, they're saying that Offaly would win the Joe McDonough Cup, Dublin would finish third, and then Offaly would go on and beat them. Because I think Offaly have some outstanding young players. But I just think the loss they got from that, um, that game against Harlow, that late score, it kind of just knocked the stuffing out of them, and they just couldn't get back up after that. So, look, I'd still before, I know it was tight margins and all that, but I'd still before not having the finalists in um, the preliminary quarterfinal, like, um, like, it's just a waste of time, really, for everybody. When you look at the finest record of last year's season, not just, um, not, not just, not just this year, but in general, like Kerry um, against Wexford last season, when you look at the hammer that Kerry got, that was very, very uh, poor as well. So the finals don't seem to do well no matter what the game. Like Kerry got close to Antrim as well last season and still got a hammering. And after the same this year. So there's kind of a trend there. So yeah, I'd be still for just having the winners. Well, Matt, you're going to have a busy weekend anyway. Obviously, the Camogie is there. You'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, we'll be doing live reports from Kilkenny and Cork tomorrow. But, you know, All-Ireland semi-final tonight, you have Limerick versus Galway, then Kilkenny versus Clare, and then you'll be able to see all the stats and breakdown on Gaelic Statsman on Twitter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, Gaelic Statsman, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all that. And, uh, yeah, followed by your uh, podcast as well. And, uh, yeah, you'll uh, find that. Matt, absolute pleasure always getting to talk to you and no doubt we'll be chatting up with you just before the All-Ireland final. Well, if Kilkenny get into it anyway. Thanks very much, sir. Thanks very much. Absolute legend, Gaelic Statsman himself. Follow him on Twitter. Listen to the podcast. There's lots more still to come here on Scoreline. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) 